0: So what are you doing, movie archives? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is The Heartblocker, a 2009 movie by uh, Catherine Bigelow. Go ahead and pop in your DVD, uh, or whatever you might have. We have a blurry. Press play, and then press pause when the Summit Entertainment logo fades to black. The first frame you perceive of all black. After that logo fades down, press pause, and in a second I'll say 3, 2, 1, unpause. I'll press play, you'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like... I always say any other commentary. It'll be like most good commentaries and some bad ones, except this time with four friends in your head, three of whom are intimidating, and our friends this week are, uh, let's see here, PFC Eddie the Eddie Doty. Hey. Uh, Sergeant E5 Matt Veda. How are you doing? And, this can't be right, Rotsy Reject Brian Finifter. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah. So, strictly speaking, this will be an episode of The Hurt Locker that is more about not you know we'll focus on the filmmaking an awful lot but much like the Full metal jacket commentary you're gonna get your share of knowledge on this one as well nice uh, indeed. in terms of filmmaking though let's just spend a second talking about uh, how we feel about the movie and we can get into personal experiences later I really really like the hurt locker and I was one of those fucking guys in Hollywood man I saw that in the arc light in its first week of la's release like the, you know in select cities and and I saw it within days of it coming out I had no idea what it was and the whole time I'm thinking is that the hurt locker is this the hurt? Is the hurt locker going to be in this scene? I had no idea what a hurt locker was, and they don't really explicitly oh, mention it in the film. Place? Like, I was just like, <laughs> was like, like Davy Jones's locker, or are they, like, <laughs> are they about to go to the hurt locker now, or like the fridge in Crystal Skull? Like he gets into a locker and some it, shit happens, and gets badly, badly hurt. And um, obviously, I had no idea what to expect, and that was. I'm going to take off my 3D glasses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Teague was wearing 3D glasses literally for no reason, just so you know.
0: They're very stylish, though. Didn't? It, it made you all look. 3D. Anyway, and uh, it it hurt. It physically hurt me. The entire time, I I left with pains in my chest because my heart was pumping the entire time. And that sounds like something that a a terrible first-week ad writer would put down, but literally, I was on the edge of my seat, heart was pounding, was in excruciating pain the whole time, like, cannot believe how tense this movie is. Uh, And then I saw it a couple more times after that, and on the second time, I started to realize, you know, this movie is very viscerally effective, but it does have some moments, some big detours in the overall story that don't make it a perfect movie. Mm, it's yeah, excellent performances, beautifully shot, pretty well edited in the parts that are edited. <laughs> 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 I guess we can have Eddie talk about that. Um, but overall, just a really good movie for me. Not, not anything more than that. Brian?
2: Um, yeah, I agree. I think there are, I think pieces of this movie are, and I can't overstate this enough. Like, utterly fantastic like completely mind-blowing the experience the what is depicting uh everything but it doesn't and eddie and i were actually talking before yeah. we started rolling um i'm not sure that there's a solid structure to the film which might be you know we can talk like how we talked about during the full metal jack commentary where that's kind of the point of war uh but the movie does kind of take a detour in the middle where you're like um What's going on here? This is not the movie that I walked into the theater for. But the, mov- the movie that you do see when that movie is on the screen that you walked in for
0: is... It will grab your nuts and twist until you scream for mercy. Oh, and how? Yes. How are your nuts? Hurting. Okay, good. <laughs> in a locker. <laughs> I, and, and
2: ironically enough, I call my nuts a locker. So, PFC, Eddie the Daddy Doty. The,
0: the what? PFC,
1: <laughs> Now your middle name is the Eddie. Oh, Eddie, the Eddie Dody. Okay, yeah. I thought you just had some weird. Tourette's we were, going on. we
0: were going back and forth last night at the movie game, trying to figure out if your middle <laughs> name should be the Doty or the Eddie, right? <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and you have two options: you have Eddie, the Eddie Dody, or Eddie, the Dody Dody. Well, my my friend, I, like I like Eddie, the Dody Dody. My,
1: my friend, um, my friend, uh, who knows I'm an editor and has consistently busted my balls for the last 25 years. Uh, he called because I'm an editor. He calls me Eddie Dody Oh, uh, yeah, that's oh, adorable. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's it, it's it's adorable, and then. At about the 50th time I've heard it, it sends me into a murderous rage, but anyway. <laughs> All right, buck um, up soldier. What do you got? <laughs> uh, I love the Hurt Locker um, scenes. If you were to excerpt any scene from this movie and then play it in front of me, uh, I would absolutely love it. My problem, and this is, again, Brian and I were talking about this on the way over to 7-Eleven, as an editor and as you know someone who comes from a writing background structure is is hugely important and i feel the structure is where this movie kind of fails it's it's a it's an amazing collection of moments i think without a doubt it is the best modern iraq war movie we have period by by leaps and bounds yes yes um but they the connective tissue that is so important i feel like there's a, a few through lines that just kind of dead end and go nowhere and start and stop and reset Uh, some of the primary relationships between the main characters. You can tell, and we'll talk about this a little bit, but you can tell that the writer was a journalist embedded with a unit and wrote down a collection of moments and did an amazing job. You can really tell? I I did, yeah. I I really did. Interesting. About halfway through, I'm like, yep, this is very vignette-based. Um, because there, well, some, I guess that's true. That, I, I would not have attributed that to the presence of a journalist, though. But I guess I, 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 I did notice that it's not mutually exclusive. But it just when you when you watch it and then you're because I mean I'd heard that he was a journalist before, and about halfway through I'm like, oh yeah, he was a journalist who who adapted this from moments. Because and I think uh, Matt will Matt, who's actually served in Iraq, and me, I've I've never served in Iraq, but I you know I I wasn't and this my job in the army was as a munitions specialist. Um, and we were attached to EOD units and and we did a lot of training concurrent with EOD units. So a lot of this is so eerily spot on accurate in so many ways. Uh, but as far as connecting one moment to the other and having a build and a progression and, and a payoff, uh, in the story, that's where it sort of falls flat for me. And it's a little frustrating because what it does well, it does so incredibly well. Um, but it just, unfortunately, like I said, during our anniversary show at the end of it, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I watched it. I just don't know why. So interesting. Now, Matt, how do you feel? Um, well, th-
3: when I watched this for the uh, for the first time, I w- what I was most gripped with was uh, how they really nailed what it looks like over there. Um, you know, they, they'll have a shot of uh, their shots. where you are looking down a down a street in in the city? And uh, I'm thinking to myself, how did they not shoot this in in iraq because this is exactly what it looks like they actually shot it in jordan one of the neighboring countries um so geographically it's, it's very close but um yeah like the, the the garbage on the streets and and capturing what uh what it's like to be amongst um also what it's like to be amongst the uh the population because um, you're looking around and like well is that guy a you, you can't tell who the bad guy is over there it's a, it's one of the scariest things um you know, you're you're in the center of a population and you can't tell who your enemy is who's going right. nice to
0: be nasty and who's going to slap you and who's going to shoot you
3: yeah and then they they play off that uh, pretty well i think so um overall though as a movie uh i, I enjoyed it I'm, at, I'm actually only watching it for the second time right now so um hopefully I'll, there'll be some things i didn't spot this the first time
0: nifty all right now that you know how we feel we'll get into their experiences and what the movie has to offer go ahead and get your mouse remote ready here we go when the summit logo fades to black three two one on pause and we're in now right off the bat i gotta say man what's it guy richie yeah guy pierce
1: Guy Pierce, yeah, Guy Pierce, Guy, Guy Ritchie, is Madonna man. man. Yes. Now I, th- I think we yes. should kind of talk about this, this quote. Yeah, war is a drug. This is the closest you're going to get to a theme to this movie. And this sort of this actually does a lot of the heavy lifting of telling you what this is going to be. And there we are, right in the uh, the the robot's point of view. Mm-hmm. No, this is the Transformers trailer. I think you're mistaken. <laughs> no, th- this <laughs> I was this say, it's an odd my choice heart. to start on Mars. This, this warmed my heart that. so much to see this as the very first shot because we I've actually worked a little bit with these these drones. Um, Wait, were you guys? Did you guys have anything to do specifically with EOD? We were attached. I mean, to I didn't to, know. To, Matt. No, Edia. Yeah. Uh, well, tangentially, I mean, to be EOD, you have to go through the school that I went through first, and then you, I was almost EOD. Actually, and then, yeah, and then you go on to uh, uh, Air Force Base in Florida, actually, where they do all the EOD training for all the branches. Tyndall. Uh, yeah, actually, that's, that's yeah. where I went to field training. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly where they they do it. Um, so they they go they go there, and all the branches, whether it's Marine, Army, Air Force, they all go through that location. That school is rigorously hard, and the reason, part of the reason why they send you through ammo school first, is because. Uh, in case you wash out, you need a fallback, and they don't want to waste your time. Mm. Um, so anyway, so and, and this and this is something I think Matt talks about great as far as, like, I mean, right away you're just dropped into the tension of this. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't know what you're looking at, you know that it's just sort of a chaotic situation. Not enough can really be said about how great Catherine Bigelow is uh, at building tension with a strong directorial hand. But back on the subject of war as a drug. Yeah. Well,
3: I... I would say this is the since Vietnam. This is the first time we've had people um, like when I joined. It was uh, I joined. Um, I served in the army as a uh, cannon crew member from 1997 to 2004. Um, when uh, I went to Iraq with the First Armored Division, uh, who's actually you'll you'll see you guys with that. Uh, it's a triangular patch that you wear on your right shoulder. Um, but uh, you'll I'm sorry, left shoulder, right shoulder is a combat patch. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to war with, uh, which if you go to war with a unit, normally the unit that you're stationed with, um, the patches, that patch will be on your left shoulder. Again, this is army, not any, um, and then if you're in a war zone with, uh, or in that, with that unit during a time of war, uh, you get to wear that patch also on your right shoulder. Um, so like this guy, uh, that we're seeing right now, he has a patch on his right shoulder. I'm not sure what the unit is, but it's defining that he's been to war with this unit. Um.
0: Which I mean, would
3: oh, you would the, you
0: would you consider this a subtle movie? Because the first time I saw it, I totally got it in terms of the theme and using war as a drug as a theme, especially later. Spoiler: When he's in the grocery store, like, yeah. I see what they did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but the more times I watched it, the it, it doesn't hold up. It's not like a
1: conifer type film. Well, and and, and this is I mean to, to talk further about war as a drug. I mean that a lot. A lot of the guys do sort of become. I don't want to say addicted. That's a horrible word, but I mean, there there is a certain, and we'll see with with James's character a little bit later on when he gets introduced about you know the, the times that he feels alive. And yeah, the, the speech with his son at the end kind of ties it all together in an ad hoc way. But I feel that opening quote set up a tent pole, and then but or irre- irreversibly changes your perspective on life. Right. Yeah. And but the problem is in this, going back to the structure issue is that there's only about half the times, half the scenes in the movie actually connect to that. Whereas, I mean, the movie does accurately portrayed so many things so well but not all the time do the scenes represent that central thesis even if they're being even if they're servicing a greater truth especially when it comes to you know the the war and whatnot as, mm-hmm. as i'm sure matt will be pointing out throughout uh, yeah what
3: I, actually i forgot what i was going to say earlier it's in terms of being a drug we, you had people that were they signed up during a time of peace um like myself i you know in 1997 it was peacetime there wasn't anything going on i never i never thought that i'd be going to a war zone and um you actually had a lot of guys who wound up having to go more several times um so it wasn't like uh like in Vietnam you I I think if my history is correct you were drafted you got you served your tour but then after your tour like you served your year and then you went home you were separated um whereas here they were actually getting people uh like if your jo- your job was critical They would actually, uh, and and you were close to leaving. uh, They would actually do what's called a stop loss, where say, okay, no, we we need you. uh, We need you can't go home. You're gonna. We need you to stick around and continue to do your job. And I knew guys that that that, that happened to uh, where they were this close to you know being out, and uh, you know they had all their stuff packed up, and they were doing their paperwork to uh, to be separated, and they. uh, You see,
0: that's when you kill Santiago. If he's packed. Then he's fine, you know. Oh, he was going to go. So I guess that's a thing. But he hadn't no. packed a thing, and yeah. he had made
1: no phone calls. But we gonna to, to movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll get to anyway. that. We'll get to that movie later on. I love that's it another comment. On down in front, when
0: everyone in, univer- in unison says, "Anyway, that's a good. That's a good point to leave." <laughs> <laughs> Eddie,
1: Point uh-huh. Break, man. Love Point Break. I just saw it the other day. Actually, a huge Point Break fan. Huge uh, uh, Strange Days fan. Another Catherine Bigelow. Fan. Oh yes yeah. yes, yeah, really good film. Now, now, for some people w- wondering why it is they have to blow this thing up, there's no. I mean, you don't. Part of what also establishes James's character later on as sort of a maverick. Is that the protocol is if there is an, imp- an IED in the road, you actually Improv- blow it up. Yeah, you, improvised explosive, uh, explosive device. device. If there's you know a roadside bomb, you, the protocol is to blow it up nine times out of ten, and the cur- and most times what's happening now. Is yeah, they just send a robot out, plant explosives uh, around it, and then blow that up, and that's exactly what you do. the The role of EOD uh, has changed, explosive ordnance disposal, which is what this crew does. The role of it has changed. Back in the day, it used to be, oh, a one hundred and fifty mortar shell, excuse me, landed, and it didn't go off, so now we have to safely dispose of it. Well, you don't go in and defuse it, you. Pack some explosives and you blow it up. Right.
0: So what are we seeing later when Jeremy Renner goes in and just starts taking out the igniters out of all the bombs? Is that him being that, a badass, it's, or, it, it's, or, it, it's, or is that actually an operating procedure you can do? That's a,
1: that's a secondary and tertiary operating procedure that you can do. I mean, primarily you you want to do it. Then also there's there's some just opportunities, especially if it's in a dense, uh, a highly populated zone with a lot with you know not much urban sprawl. it it, blowing up a couple buildings worth is probably not the best way to do it, but nobody would fault you if you did it that way. What's interesting. And, and certainly with this big ass road that, that guy Pierce, and by the way, I just want to say really quickly, guy Pierce has a certain swagger of, you see on his rank that he's an E six, a staff Sergeant. He has a certain swagger of a guy who's been around and, and is very confident in his job. And that's a very, he, he actually does some really good character stuff here in his brief time on screen. But uh, all the way up until this moment, he had like a very certain, very kind of uh, breezy charm. Unflappable. About him. Yeah, very unflappable. And then because because and he's even now he's not very flapped. It's it, he knows the procedure and all this other stuff. <laughs> not as yet flapped as so, Twitter said. What we're and I think the importance of the scene. What the importance of the scene? I think is to establish that okay, in the in Iraq as we know it at this time period, a lot of the bets are off, and a lot of the things that would work in the past maybe aren't going to be work, and maybe we need a character like James. To perform jobs like this. To perform the the, the pivotal role in Hurt Locker as footprint in the snowman. Well, in a way, yeah. But also to establish that you need for a war as intense as this and as different as this, you need a different kind of soldier. Um, But, I mean, again, that's, you know. Interesting. Well, is there a –
0: is that an Eddie thing or is that an overall reputation? of the differences between soldiers throughout generations of wars. The,
1: the, the soldier of every war is, is reflective of the necessities of that war. I mean, world war two soldiers were tough son of bitches because they had to live in the snow for a month and a half and get shellacked half the damn time. So they just, they were a different breed for us, you know, and Vietnam is similar in the, in the sense of just the psychological scarring of not knowing where things are coming from.
2: And so, having a, having a country that isn't as fully committed to the war effort as right. it was. And culturally
1: so different. You go over to Germany. I mean, there's, there's a certain Western culture, that there's some so there's some similarities between American and, and, and European culture, but you go to places like Southeast Asia or to the Middle East, and it's it's cultures that have little in common with what you know on on the surface at least of, of what you would have. Uh, so,
3: if I could just interject, here. this uh, is an this is an excellent moment where you're you're where you're okay. You're out there. You don't know. He's looking at this at this character uh, off screen here. Is this is this just a guy a guy with a phone? Is this an enemy? You you don't know. Um, Talk yeah, about yeah, the, like, just,
1: the, the fear, like how the, that goes into that.
3: Um, well, I'd, well, I'll come back to that. I just, I would like to point out that uh, we're going to get the explosion here in a second. Now, no, Spoiler alert: uh, this kills him. Yeah. Um. I and, understand.
0: What, is it just like internal injury? Is just drawing well, his organs around.
3: It's two things. a shockwave, right? It's well, it's it's a couple of things. First of all, um, the round the. Ex- the devices that are being improvised as explosives uh, to a large extent in this film are 155 millimeter howitzer rounds. Yeah, um, which is essentially take a uh, take a whole lot of explosive, pack it into a steel shell.
1: A lot of compressed black powder.
3: Uh, no, um, either comp B or C4. Yeah. Okay. The um, so pla- basically plastic exlo- explosive. And now the reason that they have to de- they were you know, that they're laying out C four on top of it and they're trying to detonate it in a controlled manner is that when that thing goes off, if you it, normally that round uh, you know you you fire it out of a howitzer which is, which is actually what I used to do and it has a kill radius of fifty meters. So imagine you know go down to your just go down to your local football field, uh, stand in the middle of it. Or at either end, you know, if you're within that, within if you're standing in the middle of a football field,
0: anywhere on the field, you'll die. Yes, pretty much. You can't get far enough away on a field to not die.
3: Right, and it's a and it's a combination of two things. It is the overpressure from the blast, which uh, you know, does bad things to your inside. That's why a grenade in a room is such a bad thing. Even if you're like, you know, if someone threw a grenade in here right now and we all duck behind the couch, we might be safe from the shrapnel. But the, the force uh, will kill you. But yeah, but the overpressure from from the explosion will. Do bad things to your insides.
1: Here, uh, here's another one, uh, and and you, <laughs> I don't know if you fired a lot of these, but the uh, 70 millimeter disarming Sabo round, which is a, a tank piercing round, it has no explosive properties. Tell me if I'm fucking this up.
3: Uh, the the Well, the way I understand tank tank munitions are very different from.
1: Uh, I'm not talking about heat. I'm talking about the ones that actually go through the this, turret. Yeah, the
3: Sabo rounds. The Sabo rounds. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm not a, not being a tanker. The way I understand those to to work, uh, is that it's, it's essentially a uranium dart
1: yeah exactly it's there's, a dart and it's got a cone on it so that when it pierces the hull of the of the of the turret of a tank even if it doesn't hit you when it goes through and out the other side that's okay because the force and the amount of pressure that it will build will actually crush your eyeballs and cause your eardrums to explode so even if mm-hmm. it even if you manage to survive it which is unlikely because of the force you're you have no more eyes or ears. Lovely. So, so, and yeah. so just think of that, and that's, that's a non-explosive round. So think of that amount of force with a lot of b or plastic on the inside of it. When it hits, it doesn't matter if the shrapnel hits you or not. I mean, and there's a nice little sort of uh they sent the, they hang a lantern earlier on when he says, you know, there might be a little bit of blowback, but we should be fine from back here behind the Humvee. And there are right. a couple if hundred a meters out. Blast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that is with all the explosive facing the opposite direction. That's funny. Cause I always, whenever they say terms like blowback, I'm picturing the fire. No force, concussive force. That's Very why there's that's why there's a distinction uh, between shrapnel grenades and concussive grenades. Because a concussive grenade will still kill you, even if not. Even in boot camp, when you throw a grenade, you're behind what two feet of cement uh, th- that wall when you yeah. throw it. And and I I'm, I don't have a great throwing arm, so I I felt the earth rumble underneath me <laughs> when I when yeah. I threw mine.
2: Kind of a how as you know, scene going on here as I drive by the tanks and it goes. Good thing we have all these tanks that we can't use. Mm.
0: Well, it's, it's, a, it's an as you know, it's, it's as you know scene, nice but I like kind of it flashed. because he's so funny. Hopefully, the Russians come by; we can have a big tank fight.
2: Well, it's yeah. all yeah. It's also
1: to make a it distinguishing. It's it's, very, like, it's 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 setting up the, the this war. This is exactly and it's also what Baghdad funny. looks like, by the way. And they, they shot this in Jordan, I believe. Yes,
3: um, Matt, you were in Baghdad, right? Uh yes, I was in and around Baghdad for fourteen months.
0: Well,
1: shit. Thank you sir. That's a that's a full rotation, right?
3: Oh uh, yeah, we actually got um, we actually got extended a couple months uh, right. 2 weeks before we were supposed to leave.
1: My my cousin's in Iraq right now. He's been extended a couple of times already. He's supposed to be coming yeah. home this summer and and hopefully for good. But this is actually true here too that you have to drive these huge APCs down the street. Yes. There's a few and viral videos of them actually having to knock cars out of the way just to get out of the way so that they don't get shot
3: yeah. in the streets. And and traffic is just insane. There's uh there, the, the 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 people it I'm not sure what what uh, what driving was like during um, during the while Saddam while Saddam Hussein was in power, but people over there, there's you think L.A. is bad? <laughs> Holy cow, these people can't drive at all, um, and they don't try. They don't really understand. Um, there were a couple times where I actually had to try to direct uh, traffic, and you know, you think actually one of the times uh, that I almost had to fire my weapon uh, or thought I might have to. A, a vehicle was coming toward me, um, and actually, we're going to see a, uh, a similar scene right now, I believe. Yeah, there, uh, you get a vehicle coming toward you. You now over here, if someone puts up their hand, you know, flat facing, you know, flat facing you. Uh, you that's we sort of understand that as the stop. universal sign for stop. Um, now we we didn't actually get any training in Arabic or the culture or anything before we got out there one of, so one of the many things we did right <laughs> it, it it's it's possible that maybe you stop as a closed fist or something that it anyway. means
1: welcome I think the open hand means it means something conciliatory I believe really it's, even I'm not t- sure it's possible
2: that, that's crazy to me like su- such a basic body language kind yeah it's of thing. it's amazing mm-hmm.
3: what you take for granted uh when you're in such a different culture but um yeah that well so this one time when I thought I might have to you know, fire. And so this car was coming toward me uh, again, just like we're going to see here in a minute. And you, you don't know. Does it, is it loaded up with bombs? Right. Is he just going to pull out a gun and shoot you? you so you. If he doesn't stop, you have to take offensive action.
1: Now, what's what's interesting about Jeremy Renner's character is, uh, and we've been introduced to him as, finally as, as Sergeant James, but as everybody else is doing a, a stack up against that wall, which is a pretty standard, you know, uh, infantry thing where you stack and you peer around the corner, you, you fire at the friend word. Mm-hmm. Uh, James is literally just walking at his own pace, doing his own damn thing, which, you know, I mean, a lot of it's said, somewhat reckless. A lot of, yeah, a lot very of the, reckless. Yeah. A lot of
0: the criticism of this movie has come from people that have experience in wartime or in training who say that while the pictures are adequate and the storytelling is fair, ultimately it
1: falls apart because he does not behave even kind of no, I, I'm. I mean, as, I, as he yeah, should. He, he's a cowboy. He's a, he's absolutely a cowboy. He's absolutely a movie creation, and I he's think, a wild man. Says I David think they yeah, and I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to justify that. Do you think they overdo is, it? I, and, at times, yeah, absolutely. And and we'll get to those scenes later, especially when he goes out into the city at night on his own, which I think every single one of us. Oh has my a problem God, with. that's Well, hilarious. what yeah. he's about to do is walk out towards the bomb with just the suit and, and then skip the, the bot step entirely. Pretty, pretty is,
0: crazy. I mean, is that even? It, just wait, for, wait so I don't know anything about what we're talking wait, about. That, I,
2: ever let that happen in
3: other words?
0: Yeah, is that even but, plausible?
3: I, I can't I don't I know what yeah. EOD uh I will say I'll say
1: because I've talked to a few EOD friends of mine um, who 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 have served and they said like look there are times periodically in extreme situations where I have to throw on the suit. But in even in training the suit doesn't even come until well into it you learn levels of protocol up until the suit and that the the suit was a rare thing it did happen you know i mean lots of people I, i've talked to said it's happened but not nearly with the frequency they also said that the times of the suit really were sort of limited in Iraq to the 2003 to late 2004 early 2005 time period and that nowadays which is that, if i'm not mistaken this is supposed to be 2004 early in the war. 2004. 2004 yeah so yeah. that so that that makes sense but they said. Um, but they also said that uh, you know nowadays it's it's when they do encounter IEDs, there's a, a much better procedure. They're also developing vehicles that literally just go and park on top of uh, uh, IEDs and just like Monsters Inc. Yeah, and have like an armored <laughs> undercarriage, and then they park, and then boom, it goes off, and then they, that vehicle takes damage. Well, they've been yeah. talking and about now. Now, finally,
2: they're getting. Um, the t- type of armored vehicles that, that they, they need, need yeah,
1: yes. that they're actually
2: survivable, oh, the, the, and these crews are actually surviving them. So it doesn't surprise me that people are doing that now. Yeah,
3: yeah. the The, the vehicles that uh, we're seeing in here are largely uh, what we refer to as up armored. Um, that, in other armored words, place that, welded on. yeah. It, well, in other words, the actual doors and it, like the see how they, right there they have the 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 small thick uh, windows like you might expect to see on like a submarine or something yeah. like that um they're armored that way because they can actually withstand blast uh you know gunfire from ak-47 or uh you know or blasts and whatnot right. we didn't have any of that you had the you had the, windows, right? you had the vinyl windows right yeah like, we yeah. we literally um when i w- during uh, my deployment you stage in uh, kuwait for i think about two weeks because uh, all your all your equipment is comes in on boat
1: uh, now uh, really really quickly i just want to say this this is a total hollywood moment he pops smoke Literally for no reason. No, Although, no. Okay, <laughs> the, this is and, and, this is my. me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, this
3: is my understanding of um, what he's doing here. From tactically, what presumably the, the the person, if there's okay, think about it. You're you've just planted an explosive device. You want to kill some people, right? Well, you don't want to get killed yourself, right? Ideally, uh, you have to be somewhere outside the blast radius, looking at the explosive. Uh, waiting for the right moment to detonate
1: to, yeah if it's a, if it's a non-electrical based then yeah if it's like and a, if you can't right. see who's there you don't know when to detonate and we'll get we'll exactly. get, we'll get into the difference between electrical and non-electrical uh triggering devices later but yeah um uh, so yeah we're
3: we're in iraq and we don't have uh none of our vehicles were up armored uh, we did have some vehicles that were that the doors were like kevlar based i think but um, that even they couldn't couldn't really withstand. I don't think they were designed to withstand AK forty seven fire.
1: The Humvee was designed as well, just a, 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 war a, a casual. The yeah, the, blah, 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 y- blah. yeah, yes, very much. The, the Humvee was designed as run, a casual so. troop transport. It was not meant. I mean, unless you are in an Avenger, which is a, a modified Humvee that has anti aircraft missiles on the top. But the the average Humvee was not. Oh meant yeah, there is a of thing. one of my mom's neighbors has one of those. <laughs> I always um, said I always said I wanted a demilitarized uh, Avenger for yeah. my city now, transport. This is a taxi.
3: Uh, taxi's over there. I I don't know what the what the protocol is or whatever. Okay,
1: realism I, be damned. That was awesome.
0: Uh,
3: t- yeah, you recognize a taxi because it's got red bumpers. Matt,
0: here's your problem. You put up your hand. He put up a fucking gun. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he just said, "Guess what?" and just aimed the gun right at the. No, it,
3: at the at I did have my weapon pointed at him, uh, and he just. Do you on, have a rifle or a pistol? Coming, uh, rifle am sixteen. Oh, M-si- so Eddie, he what he's 16. saying
0: is that he's actually more badass than this. is. Right, exactly.
3: You had sixteens and not M fours. Uh, no, we there were some... Well, again, you go with the Army if, you have, if not the Army you want. If you're watching
1: along with us, M4s are the rifles that everybody else uh, holds up. It looks yep. like an M16, but it's got a collapsible stock and some extra doodads on the side. Yeah, it's much, it's uh, a much shorter. On, right?
3: Actually, those would be uh, much heavier and more out of balance. With the
1: submachine gun attachment on it as well. Uh, well, lot, it,
3: well it's because know. the rail system um, that they're using as a front uh, front grip... Uh, it's got rails on the top, yeah. both sides and, and and bottom. So you know, like the guys who have the the vertical pistol grip and whatnot. That uh, that attachment is much heavier than the standard plastic. You know. Yeah, just, uh,
1: I, I prefer it without the without the uh, pistol the secondary pistol grip. I, I don't know. You were yeah. talk,
0: we were talking about the suit a second ago. A, the hurt locker refers to the suit. Yeah. B, what's it going to do? Would okay, it, you, it, you would never fire your
3: web.
1: Yeah, that's. <laughs> That, that's bad. a very big no-no. And then this, not because just this. bullets but, ricochet. Yeah, especially, and, and and all you need in a high tense situation where you have people surrounding you, you don't want to like freak out one of your buddies and have them reflexively fire, which is just as likely to happen. This especially yeah. is totally against procedure. And even, yes. even as Wild West as, as Iraq was in a lot of times, this is very much a movie yeah. movement. This actually, when I first watched it the first time, I'm like, oh dude, this kind of sucks. It redeemed itself later on after the scene. And then especially once he gets, once he cracks open the, the, the 150 shells that I was the EOD and me was like nerding out a bit but this moment I was I was this, really not into
3: this pistol on the forehead wouldn't work either that's that's actually a safety mechanism built into that the yep. uh, Beretta M9 if you uh, if you push the uh the barrel, if you have to push the barrel in like that, you can't uh, you can't fire it.
1: Really, yeah, but, yep. Wow, that's,
3: that's a that's another Hollywood. Uh, it's a, in case you're running, you fall, movement, whatever. Magnet. Like
1: it accidentally. Yeah, I mean, there's shit happens. Oh, all the time. Yeah. 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 Well, there's there's
3: another one. So uh, d- the double cocking, I think it is. Yeah. So that if you're if you're cocking the hammer by uh, by, by hand, uh, mm-hmm. and your thumb slips. Yep. If you don't have it all the way down there, it's, it uh, won't it, do it. Yeah, half cocked, half cocked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, going off half cocked. That's where you get that. Also, expression. From a, also that was
0: Brian's nickname in college. Half
3: cocked. Also, from a, 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 yeah. yeah. a while well, I was a, in ROTC. That was from my a burn <laughs> uh,
1: from a from a martial arts perspective, the the old joke is if you ever want your weapon to start and put it right in the face of the person you you're, you have it with. Because the closer, because it's it's a ranged weapon, you don't need to eat, to have a handgun up against someone's. I mean, that, that's you're more likely to get a disarm from you in that situation. Yeah. Unless you're fighting an uh, agent, now, really quick, I just want to say, Jeremy Renner, dodge um, this. Not too many people were familiar with him. He had been in a few yeah, other movies. He wouldn't work. Like he uh, was on Buffy. He was on Buffy. He was in. Um, he was in SWAT. The remake of SWAT. Yeah, that's where I know I'm from. I knew him from um, a Jeffrey Dahmer movie where he actually played Jeffrey Dahmer, and he did it amazingly well I, I don't know how that movie kind of fell by the wayside Wait, but he was just,
0: that a made for TV movie
1: I don't know if it was made for TV but I mean because it was, my it was, first
0: date with my first girlfriend I watched a Jeffrey Dahmer film
1: it was probably yeah me and me and my wife watched it because shut, shut up we're, we're, I thought I was bad we're fucking twisted but no we watched it hey, and we were hey, really it ended. worked all right, now here we get, now here's, okay, that's debt cord, okay, and essentially debt cord is, if you think of the old Mission Impossible thing, just imagine that, but insulated and far less cool looking, um, and there's a couple ways you can make debt cord go off, either with an electrical or non-electrical based uh, triggering system, so what he's doing now, he's finding the debt cord. And it's not he can't just cut the debt cord because you always run the risk of cutting debt cord will cause enough of a shock or static to set it off. Oh, but he could. Yeah. Okay.
0: One thing I was always confused about. That's why like, he goes I,
1: straight for the blasting cap. Well, he's I, looking for where it's going. He's, he he realizes it's electrical.
0: How much of a uh, guess? I grew up on movies, and I don't know this. Mm-hmm. And it surprised me when I watched the sequence that he could just walk up to it. Because I figured this movie portraying at least its own opinion of real as, as well right. as it can. Right. I always thought it was completely out of the realm of realism that you could walk up to a bomb, find the right cord, and just pull the thing out. Absolutely. Absolutely. it no exactly. know really happens? You yeah. absolutely now, this, can. So this
1: isn't necessarily a— This is right. This isn't a very <laughs> technical device. It's just a bunch of shit in an a blasting improv- cap. It's an improvised, meaning it's a leftover yeah. bomb with some very basic Radio Shack-grade electronics leading yeah. into a blasting cap. That blasting it's- cap— We'll so, create I'm a sorry, small I, have to, I have to correct you. Technically, it's actually the shack. Now, gotcha. Oh, I see. But it's a, it's a, it's a oh, blasting God, cap. <laughs> if you held that blasting cap in the palm of your hand, it could go off and it would burn and kind of damage your hand, but you wouldn't lose your hand. If you wrap oh. your hand around it like yes. in a closed fist, yes. it would blow your hand way the fuck off. So it doesn't create a huge explosion, but with either C, uh, comp B, which is compressed compressed black powder. Or with uh, C4. C4, you could light a brick of C4 on fire and cook your dinner on it and it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But the second you apply any pressure to it, that's when it explodes. Well, I guess
0: the question is if I had some C4 in a computer monitor, my name is John McClain. That would no. not work.
1: No, no,
0: no, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Now this
2: is interesting. But only because
0: your name is John McClane.
1: This is interesting. That little POV shot it it, it tells us the kind of bomb it is because you'll see in a little bit later. And this, by the way, this is one of those edge of your seat moments. And and they use this in the trailer for the, some of the things. Yeah, when he says secondary, it's like secondary. Oh shit! It's like, <laughs> now what he's doing right here. He's yanking really hard on the cord that has a blasting cap in it. Is that a bad? He's not thing? yanking. It's it's well, not, at he's at yanking. He, he's like, not yanking. He like, picks up like if he eight, jerked twenty it. pound things. If he jerked it, it'd be one thing. But he's he's it's a very slow. Kind of thing, and he's like, okay. And now he's not going to do it. So now he has to go one by I love one. Love his reaction. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> now, why can't he just cut at the juncture between all of them? Because you, you have metal clippers with metal exposed wire, and there's static electricity. And you the had wood clippers bit or something. Couldn't couldn't you it, conceivably it, it, wouldn't it, that work? would clip, okay. Any kind of wood blade, and this is why old Norwegians stopped using wooden speed skates. Or glass, is, or maybe. Uh, glass, same thing. I mean, any kind of static electricity you don't want to do. That's why he goes straight for the blasting cap to to crimp it right in the middle. But glass uh, is an excellent uh, insulator for electricity. Right, but glass breaks. Do you understand know what I'm saying? And like in the I mean, there's like so many uh, there's so many engineers smarter than all of us who devise the reason why. Yeah. And so so when we get to this, this is why he's. Doing all this. Now you're going to see exactly this is a manually operated device and you're going to see exactly how this guy wanted to wait to get as many soldiers in there as possible before he runs down with a simple nine volt. And this is the this is what's so yep. insane about wars like both Vietnam and Iraq is that it's not like this is not state of the art technology. This is no this is sheer evil mixed with pluckiness yeah. um, as far as you know and, and just and and rage with a lot of ingenuity. And this moment is so great. <laughs> Fuck yeah, well, you. Yeah, like it, explosives in general, like unless you're get until you get down to something like See uh, and there we go. That's now if you're watching along, that's you know, yeah, that all he had to that do was the was, trigger. What was he gonna do? He was gonna run by with a nine volt, I, hit those hit those yeah, drops a nine volt there, hit those two things, that would have sent a current and just detonated all of it. Yeah. And you would have a had, nine volt? Just a nine volt? Just a nine volt. You would, yep. That's all it needs. All it needs. Yeah,
3: explosives in general, like unless you're talking about something like a firework where it has to go off in a certain right. way. Your basic explosive—it's not terribly complicated. Even it really that, isn't. Even even a nuclear even nuclear weapons—they're no, they're the not terribly complicated. It, yeah. The principle behind it—it's right?
2: just, just how far the chain reaction goes. Yeah. Basically. It's it's
3: it in terms of a nuclear. Like if you when you study if you study physics, uh, when you get to the point where you're talking about nuclear weapons, I when I took physics, I, they explained it. Uh, he basically went through the explanation, and everyone was like, "You're kidding me? It's really that easy?" And he's like,
1: "Yeah." And, and not only that, but like, and there, there one thing we should also mention is that um, when for every successful IED that was planted, there was just as many times where a guy tries to set one up and blows himself up. Like that happened. Like you don't hear about that very often, but there is plenty of times. Oh, sure. Do those get
0: misreported as suicide bombers?
1: No, they just get reported as. Oh, I heard something in the distance. What was that? <laughs> like, they don't get reported because you don't know. But like, well, well they people- do get
0: reported because it's a explosion i was making a joke I'm yeah
3: I, I probably heard a couple i mean there ah. were the uh, the electrical grid was so screwed up uh, mm-hmm. when we were there that from time to time you just hear stuff go boom and oh, what was that it was yeah. a trend a lot of times it was a transformer
0: did you did any of you guys have to deal with this guy this character the the over-apathetic over cynical unfortunately logical guy who, who has self-convinced himself to the point where he can't operate socially?
1: There, no. I, had, I, I, I don't know if it was just exclusive to my unit, but in boot camp we had a, a small parade of freaks. Um, uh, there was a guy I literally had to restrain physically one time uh, and take him to the hospital uh <laughs> i was in boot camp and i was in boot camp of all things like boot camp in 96 we weren't at wartime it should have it should have been not stressful at all but i went upstairs uh the rest of my platoon was uh drilling or drill sergeant said if you have any you know we, we had something going on there if you had any questions come up to my office it was me probably about four of the guys one guy said um i i am not feeling well and jolsar said go upstairs if you really feel like you're going to pass out lie down for a few minutes and then resume or we'll take you to the hospital so he goes upstairs he lies down I, this is about two rows over from me. I, I'm in line to speak to the drill sergeant. There's um, a couple guys asking about him. I had a question regarding something about uh, some administrative thing that I needed an answer to, like for my contract or something. Anyway, I start hearing some shit. I walk over and this guy, and I'm not going to say his name, but he was like starting to shake and just like, you know, just kind of like whispering and all this other stuff. Me and this other guy were like, He was um, going pile? He was kind of going pile, and we're like, uh, What the fuck? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, You think we should get drill sergeant? I'm like, probably wouldn't hurt. So I walk over <laughs> I go to drill I go to Drill Sergeant Nelson. Uh if you're listening to Drill Sergeant Bruce Nelson, um I go up to him like Drill Sergeant um private so and so is, for lack of a better term, freaking out, Drill Sergeant. And he comes over and he looks down at him and he's like <sighs> I'll bring the deuce and a half round. We'll take him to the hospital. And then, <laughs> so Jostein goes down to get that's the that's a truck by the to way get a deuce and a half. It's like a it's like a semi, two, two and a half a two, ton yeah, truck. Yeah, two and a half ton truck. So he goes down and get the deuce and a half, and then I walk over to get my shoes because when you're inside, you take your shoes off, uh, on the, especially in boot camp. And I didn't even have my my I forgot my, about that right. Yeah. I know I didn't yeah, even have my wow. jacket on. I just had my my camouflage pants, my socks, and my my OD green undershirt or uh, brown undershirt brown and um, greens marines. Yeah, exactly. So then we. Um, so then I go over to get that and then I hear like some screaming and I run over and this guy stands up and is swinging at my friend, freaking the, the, guy, fuck the out. guy that was freaking out in the first place, standing up and swinging at my friend. I shoot in, I double leg him down and I grab him and I'm like, go get like three other dudes. <laughs> we grab him. We literally, I get, I get a uh, over under control. If you're familiar with jiu I get over under control on him. We each grab a fucking limb. We pick him up. That's the best way to calm a guy <laughs> down. By the way, I know when right? he's freaking out. Yeah, just get a bunch of I, guys to restrain him. I was ready. I was him. ready to choke his ass. I'm like, I'll put him out. I don't fucking care. I will put this guy out. And uh, so we get, we lift him up, and um, and the funniest fucking image in my entire boot camp experience. We literally drag this dude downstairs to where the entire battalion is doing drill. Oh, uh. And out of third platoon, or I'm sorry, out of second <laughs> platoon, comes this fucking spaz. Like just, rah, like, just freaking out. And we just walk him down. And they like, three Joe sergeants run over. And I'm like, Joe sergeant Nelson's getting the deuce in half. We're taking him to the hospital right now. And they're like, go. And I have no shoes on, no fucking cut. I have no cover. I have no hat on whatsoever. We take him down in there. We literally throw him in there, and like he's kicking. And I'm like, hold his leg like this. And I'm like, and I'm just like, I just like literally get like just wrap <laughs> around. PG two one 101
2: guy. I'm, to I'm your basically patients. yeah, I'm
1: basically like. And I'm like, I'm like, we let break his fucking ankle. Like it just, I mean, we're just holding this guy down. He's just spasming and freaking out. We take him inside uh, the hospital. They fucking strap him down. They restrain him. And uh, a, a doctor, a captain, I love it, favorite moment. He comes right over. He looks down. He sees the guy. He like takes his temperature. Looks at his eyes. And he's like, son. I know you're lying. You can stop now. Uh, we're, we're fucking doing disservice to the movie. I'll get back to it later. But um, but yeah, long story short, uh, I, we had to restrain a guy because he spazzed the fuck out. Okay, stop firing. Goes, you
3: don't have a target. You're just causing ricochets. Exactly. Uh, that's actually one, one of the- They don't have uh, any cover right now. Is that- no, they, no, they're not behind any cover. They're not shooting, at all. And they're just shooting at a wall. Not even yeah.
1: concealment. There's a difference between cover and concealment. Concealment will visually obscure you. Uh, cover will actually protect you from right. a bullet. It's 18 inches of anything. Uh, now, yeah, I wanted no, to ask the, this
0: about this scene earlier when we are talking about the suit. So if you're going to get killed from 40 meters away anyway, does the suit ever do any good at all? Um, I mean, I, it's obviously built to withstand impact.
1: And but it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't stop your... Heart from stopping when it hits a things happen miracles happen of course and it's just always better to be with than without and maybe, I guess that's true but know. it does seem very limiting yeah. and you know he puts that out he says look if I'm going to die I'd rather be comfortable I, I guess but, but again, it seems like that would I, always be the case though there's not one person I know of who who has done this and and now this putting out a fire yeah that 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 does happen from time to time but um, as far could as could explosions go off in a fire potentially yes potentially yeah especially it's, it's not even so much that. Not- if it's a comp B, it'll ignite the it'll ignite the compressed black powder. If it's just C four, it could always ignite the trigger. It could yeah. always, the blasting yeah.
3: cap. Matter of fact, when we were um, and you can actually you could probably speak more to uh, more to how you, ammunition storage than I can. But yeah. I know when you're when cool in dry ar- place in, in our, yes in artillery when you're set up uh, in your position, you actually have to construct um, you know the the the, the rounds have to be so high Space. off the ground yeah
1: half the ground and now they're in contact and, with each other
3: uh, Yep, not in contact with each other, and also shaded.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. There was a one. I was a reservist, but one of my two weeks out of the summer that we had to do was we had to destroy roughly 700 um, 750 pound carpet bombs that were stored in Oklahoma, and we had to lift them off of a pallet, and then we had to drive them uh, via you know via, we used um, we used forklifts and we used cranes with forklift attachments to put them onto a what's called a PLS, it's a palletized loading system. Oh yeah, that yeah. Matter is, of fact, that's that's this, the this vehicles right that here. I had in Germany. This is great. Yeah, David Morse here. Uh yeah that's that's yeah let's let's talk about that for a second uh just a very subtle he's not gonna make it now there's a lot of like things that I I think the, the movie takes liberty with but I mean that thing even what we just saw does happen from time to time and we, you know one of the things that's sweet, we it. the most, a yeah. great con just, we that's really, so good that's great that's so good i would <laughs> just that's drops the, the crowbar goes that's oh, the God. that's the shit in your pants moment keep in mind that w- that's about enough if this was vietnam that would have been about two villages worth oh yeah wow okay now
0: we one of the things that's the most striking like you're as a first-time viewer you're overall enwrapped just can't believe what you're seeing yeah and then we've had two moments so far for a an uninitiated first-time viewer One was where he pulls up the eight, and one is this, and this is up the ante from that, where I'm looking at this and thinking, this guy is bizarrely comfortable in this situation. Yeah. And especially when he gets in and he just starts fucking jabbing a knife into the thing, not even worried about cutting a line or something like that, like he's pulling up the upholstery. And at that point, I'm thinking... That seems irresponsible on a different level because he doesn't know where the line is. Right. And, I mean, and I, I, was, yeah, was that a yeah, misunderstanding? You're absolutely that? right. No, because
1: especially, especially in a car which has, like, upholstery, which, again, increases the risk of stati- static electricity. Um, yeah. now Because, again, so much of this disarmament sequences that he does are very realistic. Uh, you know, a couple of things are sort of movie inventions. and And, yeah, so – See, now that's a very good district, description. Okay, det cord—it's electrical based because that's the first thing you want to determine is whether it's an electrical or a non-electrical based uh, detonation. System. Non-electrical being a wick, non-electrical being like uh, they're, they're they're rare they're rarer now, but there are literally manual non-electrical canisters that you can pull that, that where the det cord leads, and sometimes where the det cord leads, you can like visualize and pull it, and it creates like a or you can pull it and then run, and you got four minutes. So you're basic
0: non-electrical would be a tube with a cord in it. You could pull a pin out again.
1: With. Imagine Mission Impossible, but just imagine all that insulated got it okay but but yeah you can like when i when we tested out c4 at redstone arsenal in alabama um we literally set up a non-electual they pulled it and then you had four minutes to vacate the area because in four minutes that whole shit would go off so it's conceivable that it would be non-electual based but most of these tend to be electrical based especially since it's a, a, a vied a vehicle improvised explosive device so what's he looking for exactly right here? The the blasting cap. The, he's he's, the look- he's looking, he's looking for switch, the yeah. he's looking for the electrical source of it. And especially and a car is a good choice because it has a antenna. You could conceivably, if you were so inclined, hook up uh, a radio based. If you're good system. enough. If you're good enough, yeah. The nine volt was sort of the the yellow belt level. This is more <laughs> like a solid yeah. green to a brown belt.
3: Well, and, and as we're going to see in a moment, he's also uh, the whoever's constructed This is also rigged a dead man switch, so that yes, 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 yes. You know, if he stopped at it, if he's presumably the idea is to get to where you want to blow this thing and and then you know live through it. But um, you know, oh, worst I, case scenario. Oh, checkpoint. You want to search much car? switch bang and <laughs> actually uh, on a more somber note. I know uh, eight people uh from my unit uh, oh, who uh, who did not uh, make it home uh, because of that hmm. that was a, a f- further make, making that worse was that actually after we got um uh, that was just after we got extended that was uh the end of april so we, we really should have been far away from the uh from the fighting by then so yeah uh,
0: Shout out to those guys from... Right, uh, no kidding. This is like the second of... Or I guess it's the third of many scenes. Third of many scenes where it's... (laughs) It's like what Family Guy does with comedy... This. Catherine Bigelow does the <laughs> drama.
1: Yeah. I get what you're it's saying. True, I yeah. get what you're saying. Huh. She, yeah. She, I mean, she definitely piles it on, piles on the tension. And I mean, really, we got to talk about the performances too because uh, – and I don't know the names of the actors, unfortunately. But the uh, the guy we saw earlier who's having a tough time with the death of uh, uh, his previous sergeant. With Guy Pierce, the death of yeah, Guy Yeah. The, the guy who's having trouble with that. He, You really get a sense of the palpable sort of paranoia. And you see yeah. this in a lot of really good Vietnam films as well. It's like not knowing where it's coming from. A little this, uh, anachronism I'm, there with uh, the YouTube. Since yeah. YouTube wasn't around until 2005. I know, I know. Which, you that know, when, you,
2: when your movie is like set in, you know, you 1860s, give it, you, yeah. Yeah. I'll
3: give you like the, the
2: watch well, being a decade later. There was a good
1: six months where YouTube did come out and nobody went to it. You know? Well, they're, That's also true. You,
3: they're also not using period uniforms. I you, know, Jeremy yeah. Jeremy didn't this, have the. This, digital this camis. In terms yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: they, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. The digital, digital, digital camis weren't then. really there until about 2005, and they were still using. Um you know, post Vietnam era, not the tiger stripes, but you know, the the straight forest print, and even even so, or, just or the, the chocolate desert, chips, chocolate chips, yeah, or the chocolate <laughs> chips. Chocolate chip is a a certain brand of desert BDU, uh, BDU stands for battle dress uniform. Which is another word for camouflage, uh-huh. uh, but it's like a lighter print.
3: Well, the the desert ones were DCUs, desert, desert combat desert uniforms. Combat if used. they okay. had the uh, the one, typically you saw them in Desert Storm. Everyone right. had the what 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 I'm referring to is chocolate yeah. chips, which is essentially DCUs with kind of like darker brown, with little right? uh, black patterns, little black, black
1: pattern. patterns thrown in, and kind of like a, a and also less contrast between the different shades of, of beige. It was like lighter, but with like more of a contrasting darker spot.
0: Our uh, characters, our lead guy is James, Sergeant James. Sergeant James. Yeah. Black guy is Sergeant Sanborn. Mm-hmm. The nervous white guy is Specialist Eldridge.
1: Yeah, Eldridge. Eldridge has a really interesting arc too. Um, and I, sto- I love it. And it. Yeah, I feel so. You've seen. You've seen this, right?
0: Spoiler. Yeah. I. I. I it's. It's such a. So deeply terrifying and, and stirring when the guy that's consoling him gets blown the fuck up. Yeah. 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 That's, like that's I can't a imagine. I can't traumatic. imagine that well, helped that, him at all. That that whole scene is a perfect
3: example of there's a very succinct and perfect example of what it's like to be on the street every day. Yeah, um, because you, a lot of times you don't have any choice but to interact with it with the with the locals. And by and large, I had a very positive experience with the locals. I should say, my, um, my
1: cousin does too. My cousin's training, yeah. some Iraqi police. Yeah, a lot of
3: now. them are uh, they're it, It's not that. It's certainly not that everybody over there is a terrorist. That's a very, very small percentage of, uh, of the people that are over there. But most everybody is uh, scared. Uh, yes. I, I would say, I w- personally, I would say a vast majority of people just don't care. Um, they just want to be able to, as long as you're not messing with them, uh, they just want to be able to care, you know, carry on and live out, live, you know, make business and make, live their lives. Um, but uh, and then you got the small percentage that want to kill you. They're <laughs> yeah not so good but uh there's 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 a there's a line that we
1: missed too back there when they they take the taxi cab driver down and the guy's like well if he wasn't a combatant he will be now yeah Uh, yeah yeah
3: Yeah, that's uh
1: yeah which
2: refers to obviously the a lot of people that got shipped off to guantanamo and other places that that, that were that without necessarily probable cause or that's that's a whole different thing it's just i mean
1: and clearly that's that's certainly not true everybody's ever been stopped but you know I would recommend if you ever want a really good, like, uh, you know, from a journalism standpoint, uh, Michael Totten has a really good blog. He's been over there throughout the years, and and he's done a lot of stuff with the Iraqi people. And he's got a, uh, you know, he he does a lot of just letting them speak for themselves and their perspective on it. Some good stuff over there. Yeah.
0: Every single time he slams a door, or shuts down the hood, I'm always thinking it's going to go. It's not. I mean, that's
1: jostle jostling go. in and of itself isn't a problem. You could drop a bomb without a fuse from a plane, and it won't go off. Yes you and, know well and
3: in, 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 in fact that's that was largely EOD's uh, yeah, because, mission, mission. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> dropped the bomb. It didn't go off. Oh, shit. Send EOD because I mean, you have can't to, let you it have just to, sit out there.
1: You have to arm it. You have to arm a fuse yes. or some sort of ignition system in order for it to go off. Well, why could- wouldn't there be a
0: built-in wireless system where it didn't go off? Instead of sending an EOD, it's our material. Let's because just blow it up with its secondary Because thingy.
3: you're talking about an explosive device, you don't want to overcomplicate it. Yeah. You want to make it as simple as possible.
0: Well, yeah, but the idea is that if it goes down and doesn't blow, you have to go in, blow it up, and it's dangerous if you in, if you had a second switch and just all right it didn't go off put in the, sp- the special code in the radio
1: and it'll blow well what if that breaks well out? what radio are
3: you going well, to yeah, have to go into the same thing anyway that.
1: so that's what i'm saying so like the the, the percentage of, of munitions that don't go off relatively low when they're intended when they're you know used as intended um i <laughs> love that we're done <laughs> Now, I wouldn't say that James has a death wish, but I think what he lives for is the moment of being as close to it as possible. And, you know, I mean, certainly you. Well, war is a drug. War is a drug. Yeah. This is the sort of thing that gets him,
3: you know. And they kind of had to put put that quote. They
1: kind of had to put that quote front and center. That That was an example of the quote telling the audience as opposed to showing something and i think that's ultimately what kind of is an issue with this movie is that we have these great collection of moments but it, it, without that quote in the beginning you almost have no context and he would be a smoker yeah there's a lot of smokers over there i got uh, i no, got no, but the, the stress level that guy's a smoker trust my, me. my my cousin who's about four or five years younger than me he came home uh, a few months back and we were having barbecue at his place and i saw him light up and i'm like and i and i was about to say something like nah, fuck it he's in iraq <laughs> like he's you know there's not much. Now he gets decked here by his his buddy about the headset thing, and uh, that's that's sort of understandable. <laughs> and and as you can see, James isn't exactly pissed off about it. He's like, nah, eh, all right. Even though yeah. he technically, helped, I right? that. Yeah, even though even though, Yeah, he technically punched a superior officer, which again, another, well, non commissioned officer. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, NCO, NCO. Yeah, but I mean, he he. I mean, someone yeah, about two pay grades higher than him. He, uh, one. Was, oh, was it Sergeant? And yeah, staff? Uh, the, I didn't see the rank on the other the, guy.
3: Uh, okay, in terms of the in, okay, here's the the rank structure. The dude with the sort of clear Oakley glasses here uh, is a specialist. That's uh, E four in enlisted grade, One. enlisted level. Four. Not not the colonel uh, here. Not the colonel. No, no colonel no, no, no. Is,
1: is an 06. Yes. Yes. No, the the
3: the in terms of the, the core team here, you got the the younger guy, the younger kid. Yeah. Um, you got uh, James and the uh, and the black gentleman. Uh, and in terms of the, the the younger kid is an E four specialist. As an E four, you can you uh, can yep spec four, uh, which actually comes from Vietnam, where you could actually be a spec. Uh, you, you, could you could go, go, you could or go one or two the, ways. Yeah. You could be a you could be a uh, specialist. You could go continue being a specialist, say so are specialist five, six, seven, eight, um, or you could actually join the the command rank structure, and that's sort of still there in the, in the enlisted rank four uh, because you can either be a, a specialist. Or uh, less often, you see corporals. You yeah, know, the army does still have corporals, but you don't Very, see rare. them as much.
1: Same thing as warrant officers; you rarely see warrant officers. Now, now, okay, David yeah, Morse here.
3: W- yeah, that's it. Which, which is W W one two three, and officers yeah. are O one. Which
1: is this weird yeah. gray area between yeah, it's and it's it's usually a helicopter pilots. Yeah, it's usually like a helicopter pilot or something. one of David Morse's like, like a, three non I'm sorry, asshole He's an E seven. Yeah, I'm sorry, I yeah. thought he was an E six. Yeah, he's a master. Uh, Sergeant first, Class. Uh, SFC, I'm sorry. Master, master. Yeah.
3: yeah. E8 is another one that can go two way. You can either be master or, uh, or first sergeant.
1: Yeah. My, uh, first sergeant is a, is a, like a job. You take it every, every first, first sergeant is
3: the, you're the top NCO in a company or in my case, um, Battery. Battery. Battery,
1: yeah, battery, battery, yeah, battery, yeah, and they, and they call him Top. That's a nickname. Is like, hey, Top. Yes, you can go. You can go up to first sergeant and go, hey, Top, and and that's totally. Uh, no, not really, not always. See, my, my first sergeant. If you're totally in the cool army out
3: there and you're, and you're listening to this right now, <laughs> okay. Well, then fuck <laughs> Dude, me. <laughs> uh, can it, it, ask around to to, to find out because um, mileage may vary. I mean, who knows? Yes, but, exactly. Yeah,
1: but uh now this th- this uh, my father was a master sergeant actually as well before he retired, but um. This uh, I always liked the scene. I always liked the interaction with the kid, even though I even though where it sort of ends up leading into sort of like the end game of of this thread. I always kind of like this moment of the kid selling DVDs and like. Yeah, there's you a know. lot. There, it's kind of a. I a just like him like. On. You want girl and boy, girl and girl, girl yeah. and donkey. Gay sex? Are yeah, you it's... gay. Are you gay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't have the taboos about even though. Even though, I, just, I just love how good the kid is. The
0: kid nailed it. Must have just yeah. been just try to just try to sell him a DVD. Right. It must yeah. have been one of those like my new yeah. things. Or just just try to sell him a DVD. What, what Western culture has? <laughs> and the kid's a like, thing... you gay? You're gay. Yeah,
1: I knew it. <laughs> Western culture, especially American culture, has a thing where it's like, okay, if if you're religious, then you know and you don't believe in sex before marriage, and you don't really talk about it. But over there, even though a, a large Muslim population and a large Christian population in Iraq too, uh, even well, it they, used to they be. yeah, well, no, it's it's, not, it's, still there. There. it's, it's still there. there, it's still there, it's still there, there. yeah. Uh, but even um, even that, like they, even though if they don't believe in sex before marriage, they also they have no problem talking about. it. There's no social moray of talking about sex. Like kids are keenly aware of, of, of all that sort of stuff.
2: But the problem is, this scene feels like a,
0: like a more like a character scene than. No, a, no, no, I love this. I'm gonna chop off your goddamn head with a dull knife. How do you feel? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sort of well, that's well, sort of, the that, that humor you, over there is you – know, Yeah.
1: It's well, very, it, it's very it, black. It's, it actually goes
3: but, more to the fact that a lot of these DVDs that you could buy over there were, like cameras. You know. Uh, okay no anyway. they, they were uh recorded from some guy in a, with a video camera in a movie theater
2: yeah yeah like bootlegs I said, like, bootlegs, yeah, bootlegs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's
3: what bootlegs are what'd you think a bootleg was no i must have missed that okay. no, i said, <laughs> I said bootlegs. bootlegs anyway i didn't say fuck your mom so, well some of the <laughs> well some of them were some of them were actually some of i i Used to have a bunch of them that I bought over there. You could get you know a double
1: feature for eight bucks. My my wife bought the Sex and City DVD on in Aruba for three dollars, and yeah, it nice. was worth every penny. Yeah. Nice. And you know <laughs> you're over there. You don't have anything. You don't have much else
3: to spend your money on. Uh, so, you know, so like when I was over there, I got a two hundred dollar TV with you know a built in
0: DVD player, and you know. I I, I, I probably shipped home a, a Footlocker worth of DVDs. <laughs> I uh, love the uh, the bitten jarhead where they're talking about ways to fill time masturbate this masturbate that masturbate this masturbate that or masturbate
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what's funny it's sort of between now and then my my uh when my cousin came back he whipped out his laptop he's like oh have you seen star trek because uh, star trek was out in the theaters at that point i'm like yeah i just saw it. it's awesome i was like yeah i got it right here and instead of buying dvds from like the street corner like now it's all about BitTorrent. like every everybody out there well i don't want to get anybody in trouble but a lot of <laughs> a lot of soldiers uh, and not my cousin who has I'm not going to name now um, has a and his last name isn't Doty, so don't even try. Uh, is um you know they, they get a lot of their stuff from BitTorrent. I love this right here. Look how fucking bored he is. Like this is a a by the book debt that they're doing right now, and he's just so disinterested and he doesn't even that's like care. a half a mile away. Yeah, and that's exactly that's how that's exactly how it
3: should be. Done. Well, strictly speaking, he shouldn't even be
1: line, in line of sight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this is clearly for the shot. He's supposed to be straight behind it. Now he's like. Oh, God damn it! I've got to go out there now and risk my life unnecessarily for my gloves. Now, how do you guys
0: feel about this next moment where Sanborn's like, should we blow it? I have a big problem. Really? I have a big problem. With well, what, is your problem with it that he's serious? or
3: what? Well, I, I, I always that wondered that if uh, James did it on purpose to... St- test these guys.
1: I don't know if it's that deep. I think he did it just to get his, like, his, his yayas out because I think he likes being near sort of where it's at. I think he likes this being... This is just like
0: a little half a score for him.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. It's like if if, if war is a drug, this is the methadone.
0: Well, what's your problem uh, with it? Okay.
1: My, my oh, problem with, with it, I, because, I don't know, I just, I... It's uh, it's is it technical or storytelling based? Right, where it's like called dusting, where you like the idea of like intentionally murdering a fellow soldier. There's a phrase for it. I'm I thought it was and... fragging, or is that Vietnam? Fra- well, fragging, yeah, I guess. Um, but that's Battlestar, sir. not that I'm aware of. <laughs> no, that's fragging. Fra- but but that's the thing is like, and this is sort of kind of what we talked about a little bit in um, Full Metal Jacket. It's like uh, the idea of pile. Did people freak out and kill people in boot camp? Yes, but because this movie gets everything else so right on the day to day the fact that this amount of time is spent talking about this makes it seem on a subliminal level that this sort of thing is as commonplace as everything else we've all always seen it's a disproportionate situation to the reality yes and that's what I have a problem with this, is that because and yes did talk of this ever happen i'm sure of it there's i mean oh re- I, I can i can verify that I, I think that it's it that did. line i think it's wow. that line where he no. kind of looks to
0: him completely seriously and says you'd have to write the report yeah, and and I guess that's it's like that one you know. line is like, it it he has the same reaction. He's like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, you'd have to write the report. Well, um, I thought we were doing a thing. Right? It's, it's, it's do you really want to blow that guy about, up?
3: Just think about it in terms of any job you've ever had. You know, there's always that person that you work with that you don't want that you right. don't like and god I'd like to kill that guy. But on the third season and of Flavor of
1: Love I never stabbed somebody or thought about it, you know? What I mean like the, But it,
3: you, but you didn't but you weren't but in, you in a didn't position have to, you, clearly, did, you yeah. weren't in a position where that could be a viable option. Right. These right. guys are sitting here, well, the detonator could misfire, it happens.
1: Right. I know. And and yes, I understand it's a war and yes, I understand it does happen. I'm I'm, and I'm certainly not trying to discount any of that. I'm just saying uh, the fact it, that they also do it so early on and, and like just something about it just never sat right. It makes it it's because all the other day-to-day realities are oh, yeah, done yeah. so well.
2: And that, that's the more common stuff. So it seems like this very, very uncommon event
1: happens with the mm. same
2: occurrence with the same yeah. regularity. Yeah. That's what yeah, they're yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, now,
0: no. A second like ago, that. he said he had disarmed 873 bombs.
2: Sixty-three, I think. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere is
0: that there. a totally bullshit number, or is that a well, seems a bit if, high? If he's this character, maybe, or even then, no, because that's I'm thinking in terms of if you disarm two bombs a day, that's still over a year's worth it, of every day. Seems a bit high to me, but yeah, yeah, particularly that that early in the war. I now, the, love the, this.
2: It depends on. Well, it would depend on how many uh, tours he had done, but it's 2004, so he couldn't have done more than one tour A year that and point. a half, yeah.
1: Like, I mean, he, he would have had, uh, that June 2004, we've been in there a little over a year and a half. Well, we're, al-
3: we're also assuming that the, all of these disarmaments took place in Iraq during, yeah, during I mean, the and, war. And they I suppose he could be in Afghanistan. Well, th-
1: yeah, they established he was in Afghanistan. They okay, absolutely they established do. he was in okay. Afghanistan. Oh, okay,
3: yeah. I missed that. Now, the, this whole thing where there, the, something else, this, another little inaccuracy, uh, you would never go out on single patrol like this. They always portray yeah. the, this team as these three guys in their Humvee going out uh, by themselves. It's
1: like fear and loathing in Iraq. It's like it's, you, it's it's not, you would
3: always go out in <laughs> at fifty least, miles outside of back country. A, a convoy. No, 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 a, uh, a convoy is uh, always should, at minimum stone. three vehicles.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now this about about the uh, the mercenaries here. Absolutely love this. And again, I didn't know that Ray Fiennes was in this until he pulls that down. Uh, but yeah, until he pulls down his cover, but. Um, but you do. I mean, this is the the costume for the mercenaries is actually very accurate. It's sort of just a mishmash of tactical and civvy gear. Um, yeah, you do want to you you do want to try to portray some sort
3: of like, well, we might be local.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but even though even though they they're like. And not just Blackwater. Blackwater uh, is not nearly the only presence there. There's lots of international agencies over there that do work for them. And and the little line where he has it says like, you know, for something like a million pound or something like that or a million quid, like, that, that is sort of their stock and trade, especially for these smaller units. I have a buddy who I trained with in jiu-jitsu, uh, and I will name his name, uh, Gerald Stribent, um, who was a Marine sniper instructor. And after he was done with his tour – and he did go to Iraq, but after he was done with that and he got out of the Marines – he went back as a civilian contractor and Our, made enough oh, yeah. money to open up his jujitsu school in, in Oregon. Uh, a guy went to high school at the same thing. Yeah. He was a
2: marine sniper and then he went
1: yeah. private. Twenty nine palms. Yep. Uh, because um, because Gerald was a uh, instructor over at Twenty Nine Palms. So
2: I I don't know. I haven't actually talked to the kids since high yeah. school. But yeah, I mean, there's
1: there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of and that's a that's a job. That's a that is a hell of a job.
0: I do like that line a second ago though. How do you break a wrench? I threw it. <laughs> had he, yeah, had to use up a wrench? <laughs> it's a nice little quirky sort of – it's a
1: nice quirky touch. And I think that's – and again, we talked about the the screenwriter, Mark Bowl, I think. Um, he was a journalist embedded, and so a lot of these have sort of an anecdotal feel to it. So you can tell that line was probably something he jotted down in a notepad at 11 p.m. No, on a they're, storytelling they're, level, they're, have we gone off the rails yet? I mean this is still pointed, not this rails. is this is Well,
0: well yeah, but we're, we're, we're walking in the same direction. I mean I, th- th- I every, scene, every scene has pointed to the next scene. It's been a character development story so far. I think we are. I think we're still on the rails, such as they
2: are. They're not. They're not very. Um, it's not, specific like rails. not like Ocean Eleven's. It's rails. like yeah, exactly. It's like but I think o- we're o- still on those rails as as such as they are. It's like
1: Autopia at Disneyland. You can turn the wheel, but you know you will bang into a rail periodically. And I think that's sort of what what's happening here is that um, we're, we're, we're never taking has a, long... a movie been compared to Autopia. Well, I, we first time. For <laughs> You're
0: extraordinary right. in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do
3: have the we, now we do have sound here, but um, th- what you didn't notice is that. The guy actually gets hit, and then you hear the gunfire.
1: That's absolutely true. Yeah. Yes, that's absolutely uh, true. accurate because
3: it's a supersonic round. Yeah,
1: and you'll see, and you'll see the response with the 50 cal sniper, uh, which, yes, Jesus Christ, uh, supersonic
0: which, round. As in, it's going faster than Mach one. Yeah, the, the bullet strikes you before you hear the, bullet, the report. So
1: it's going over 700 miles an hour. Yeah. Yes.
0: That was hard to come by. My understanding was that a bullet goes, like, 400 rounds a hour For a standard, no. like,
1: M16 round, maybe, but, like, for, uh, but, for, but yeah, I mean, that's, you will, you'll see the flash, and you'll be hit by it before you hear it with most rifles. Would you even hear the, that little moment? Depends, I mean, it depends on the acoustics of where you're at right now. They're in a damn desert, so they probably wouldn't, you know, hear a lot. Depend, it also depends on the caliber of the round and the pack of the black powder in the shell. Yeah, what,
3: what are we shooting at? They yeah. can't even see their target, but they're just...
1: I love this. Life. I'm out five hundred fucking five hundred thousand fucking quid, and he's like, "Fuck it, I will go shoot them if I need to." Like that's two hundred fifty fifty cent, Yeah. What's a quid?
3: Uh, quid is uh, Br- selling for pound for British pound. British pound, pound. Oh, okay. British pound yeah. sterling.
0: Like we say, we uh, say buck. We say, a buck. Buck. We say a buck. I say they're they're a quid. A buck. Yeah. This movie is basically about how Catherine Bigelow hates B and A-listers. Uh,
1: um, I, I think she'll so, just I, kill those guys. I think she yeah, I think she has, well, I think she also has freedom and I think I think this is very attractive like hey, we got a small budget it's, but it's, it's like a scream you thing. Can come, it's like you, you can see those guys she, yeah. and you're more surprised when but they die. It's, yeah it's, it's also that. it's also we got we got you know a small budget, but if you come out to Jordan for a couple of days and, and shoot guns in the desert for a day, we can pay you a, a decent rate. and they're like, yeah, fuck it awesome fun. Now that's a 50 cal. Oh. Uh, yeah,
3: that's an M2 uh, M2 uh, 50 caliber. Exactly. So now he's
1: now every sniper has a spotter and that's what their job is, is to keep an eye on it and to to kind of call it out. Call out basically because I mean a, 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 any scope is like a periscope in the sense that you only see through that you want someone else like seeing like a wider clear uh, you know field of vision or to your left yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anything else than what you're looking at, you need that spotter there. And say, okay, you know. The, AMV, Velociraptors, you know. man, they attack from the sides. Yeah, a very horrible movie with <laughs> you uh, Tom Berenger and Billy cheating. Zane called Sniper. Uh, but it gets the sniper. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it's yeah. a horrible movie. But they get a lot of the procedurals about that. Correct. That is a 50 caliber sniper rifle. EOD actually uses that to disarm certain electronic-based rounds. Yeah. Just, Bar- just let's get far just, away and just shoot just it. Shoot, shoot the briefcase. If it's a briefcase bomb, shoot it from a safe distance. Yep. Destroy the electronics and you'll be okay.
0: Interesting. Okay. Now this is our of the of the two scenes in this movie that I remember as being the most
1: indulgent. This is I our loved, first. I, I love every second of this one, though. This oh, scene, really, I really like the scene. Yeah, I, really, I think they did it really well. And, building a, up the justify this scene for me. At well, at, at least it,
0: is, it, are you,
2: is you, the other scene the the, the, the child scene? Uh, not not
0: saying? not getting the kid, but yeah. going well, after going the guys, bye bye, Ray going France. into the, yeah, exactly. Bye bye, Voldemort. Yeah, at, at least uh, the, the uh, two this, scenes that drain on me the most are this and when they detour off and go into the dark city. I agree,
2: and I think at least this is still a war movie. That one is the other. Him going to find the kid is. This is a born Identity movie.
1: At least this is still a war movie. The, 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 yes. To me, the reason why this works is because uh, James has to go up to Sanford and be a spotter for literally hours on end. And because it, both of their lives are in each other's hands and he has to take care of them and, and, and give them juice and all this other stuff that he's about to do, it bridges the the gulf between Sanford and James. It reminds them that, hey, we're at least on the same side and war if for nothing else is about nothing more than the man next to you and making sure that he makes it home at the same time you do. Yes. You know what I mean? And so, so for me, that's why this scene works is because, in war but you know which is an incredibly destructive force you get these moments of real uh, and i'll say it tenderness you get a real human compassion between these two even though they're committing a violent act of murdering another human being they're trying well, to protect it, each other
3: yeah but it's in defense
1: that's what i'm saying they're trying to protect each other and that's uh that's why it works is, and that's why when you hear a lot about the fellowship of war this is what it's referring to
3: right
2: and so why what is the reason why they can't uh, retreat just because they can't get to the Humvee. Uh, they can't get to the Humvee without themselves? without
1: yeah without getting shot. Okay, right. And you'll well, see it there in that ridge. So they have to take care of the situation. They have to make sure that that the that there's no one else who's hiding and waiting for them.
2: That's kind of what I, that's what I assumed, but it, I was it was not un, it was unclear enough where I was like I think that's what it is, but I'm not positive.
1: Right. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I got from him, and I love this this thing that Eldridge has to do it's it's extreme and probably but it's i mean it's absolutely true if if dirt and blood and gunk gets into your mag
3: it won't chamber it
1: won't chamber it won't chamber properly. It won't sit right and yeah, you have you jams. have a yeah jams or or horribly unfortunately will misfire which uh, misfiring on uh, misfire it's not missing the round misfire is where the round detonates in the chamber and if you do that with a 50 caliber sniper rifle you might as well be hugging a grenade uh, cuz that i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, powder in in the shell for a 50 caliber uh, round mhm and this yep. is just, and and I mean, and for me, for uh, for um, for his character to have to, you know, literally lick and and spit on on all this on, on these rounds, it's such a it's such a horrible thing. But it's like it feels real. Even if you've never been to Iraq, even if you've never been in the military, it just it feels like, oh god, that's so that's so horrible, you know. And in the down in front studios, you know, we sit on some very comfy couches, but everyone is just leaning forward, hungry <laughs> over their mic, because this is such a damn tense scene.
2: Yeah, this movie is. This movie is pulling us into it.
1: I, when I first saw this, it was like it was at my house and and we've done a couple episodes there, but I have this lovely chase lounge which people, you know, usually try to sit on. That is my chair. That it's such a nice it's comfy like a, it's chair. A, it's it's a like throwed. perfect viewing chair. I was watching this and I and I made sure I watched this before my wife did. So I watched this on my own. I literally was sitting on the last 6 inches of the end of that chase lounge wow. like leaning forward. That really yeah. does illustrate. Yeah. It really does illustrate at some point. Dude, but,
0: it's it's the mo- it's not a chair. It's like a bed. Yeah, it really it's like You're a not, comfy it, bed. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) He was sitting on the world's most comfortable bed at the edge of it, just (laughs) completely ignoring. you will only
1: need the edge of your bed. Use your camel. I love. He does such good. Yeah, Camelback. He he uses such. It's such good work here. And like, even while they're doing this, uh, James shows like he's human. He's not like this careless machine. He cares about the people he's with, and he's and he's understandably he understands this is hard for him to do. You know, like yeah. He may, it makes a distinction between his
2: character just not caring about whether or not he dies and being addicted to the
1: what he is yeah, addicted to. Which exactly. Is the, I, I do uh, kind of like the moment where he's like, I'm going to get you out of here, buddy. You're going to be safe with me. Yeah. It's a, it's a very... And you can make the argument that that's also what he's addicted to, is saving other people's lives. You can oh, okay. Ma- you can, I mean, he, he's, he's, yeah, sure. yep. he's reckless in a yeah, lot of senses. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna keep you safe, buddy. But he's reckless only in the sense that he, he knows, he, he doesn't ever put himself in a situation where he can't do it. Like, he always finds a way to make it work. You know, I don't think so, though, because that theory
0: would fall apart here in a moment, where he's hes off there spotting for Sanborn, and, he, and Eldridge says, I I, I I got a guy, should I take him? And he's like, do what you think you Except gotta do you, buddy and he takes the shot and he just kind of has a moment where he's just like yeah he did it so i think he is more of a trainer than, uh, yeah. than he, than he is a guy that's, that's, that's trying to save other people because he would have well but if, the, if he was that guy he would have turned around and shot the dude
1: you could extend that argument to where he's training he's training uh training Look. him to to survive training yeah. him to do like survive future and not do your
2: situation. damn job teach a man or give a man a fish yeah exactly day. teach a man to, to kill and he don't, well, do
0: it's
1: shoot a gun for a man and you'll kill a man. <laughs> Give a man a gun and he'll kill many man <laughs> I love that. I love just the spazzy, like, run that he's doing. Follow him. You got him, you know. That the, bullet would hit you like a football uh, And see the distant. yeah. Th- I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, a that's 50 a cal. Of a shot. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fi- that's a very generous depiction of just having, like, a mist of blood. Like, that would have probably taken a shoulder if, off. It,
3: yeah, if a, fi- if a 50 cal hits your shoulder, it's going to take your arm and your head off.
1: That's not even a joke. Those rounds are meant to pierce armor. And not just armor like a bolt-proof, like like concrete,
3: you know. Yes. Yeah, if you're but if
0: the if they got hit behind that concrete wall, it wouldn't matter. Well, I see this and I my my my, my est- they might have they might have said it, but my estimate is that it's about maybe half a mile away. Maybe it's more than that. Is Look- that Plausible? Can snipers, I would say, can snipers do oh, that? Oh yes, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and that's fact, why you have a 50 cal to get those distances. In fact, when
3: I saw this for the first time, I was uh, dubious that these two EOD guys, because tr- sniper training is a very rigorous.
1: No, they do they do 50 cal sniper training at EOD school. Okay, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, at least I did in '96 when. When I was in, I was not. And again, I want to clarify: I am not EOD. I was, I was. We work with a lot of EOD units, and my job is pre od and we discuss EOD, and we do some basic demolition stuff in ammo school. But, um, but yeah, I've, I mean, one thing they made very clear: you have to learn to fire a 50 cal sniper if you're in uh, EOD school. Did so you fire one? Yes, I wasn't yes. necessarily supposed to, oh. <laughs> um, and that's all I'll say.
3: Well, even, even the M2, even the M2 uh, 50 cals are. A
0: would that be an
1: effect when you, where, where we did,
3: see his
0: eye big in the, in the scope? Yes,
3: yes. When, when you just go down to the range to shoot the things, that's actually pretty fun. <laughs>
1: that's pretty amazing. <laughs> in boot camp, you do, um, you do all your qualifications on just a basic rifle, and then you have – I don't know if you did this, but you have a day of like um, – different firing conditions where you have to fire while wearing a gas mask or you have to fire oh, at sure. night. Oh, sure. Your night fire with – and your night fire when you have tracer rounds and you're on three-round bursts is, like, uh, one geez. of the greatest experiences of your yep. life because you're literally just seeing – not at you, but, like, in the other direction, just the sky light up with all these tracers. Yeah.
3: Well, as a matter of fact, I had a – uh, I was in Baghdad the night where they, where they captured um, – Saddam Hussein sons. Oh summons. wow!
1: Oh, you mean killed them because they killed them? They with artillery, I think. or
3: okay, or when yeah. they? Yeah, when they were captured or killed. Well, I was in the city um, for that for that moment, and uh, that night it, it's it's very much like the Wild West out there in terms of. I'm happy. I'm going to fire a gun in the right. air, <laughs> right? It, it, except you're talking about it's you know, like fully auto- the ladies. fully automatic uh, weapons. <laughs> well. Uh, that night I was doing, uh, doing some overwatch or, you know, I was underneath an arch just sort of keeping an eye on things. And, um, all of a sudden all, I, I just hear gunfire all over me and I had the, uh, the, the night vision goggles, which turn everything green. Um, and, uh, I'm looking out there and it's literally like, you know, the, the, the footage that you see from the, from the Gulf War of yeah. all the tracer fire being shot yeah. up at, you saw in, that? into the, into the air. It, it looked just like that. Wow. Um, now, it was
1: quite a thing to see. The character moment here is that Jeremy Renner. You see that he's thirsty. You see that he's dry. He asks for the juice, but without even asking Sanford, he just gives it to him and says, "Hey, drink this." And and he does because he. I mean, you get and that's why this moment, the scene works for me. And it is a bit long, but and it is a bit indulgent. And you spoke about editing. Interestingly enough, this oh, movie is indulgent
3: at all. No, I I love you, it. I love you it. You got to make just, sure that
1: guy's dead. Yeah, no, it, it's very accurate, and it seems like it takes forever, but. Interestingly enough, this movie has two editors. One of them, this is his first feature film editing credit.
0: I feel like a really adorable... I'm sorry, Eddie. I feel like a really adorable character moment would have been had he put the straw for the Capri Sun in the bottom. Like a right. fourth grader would have. Like, like, like your mom. Wouldn't, wouldn't that yeah. have
1: been a cute little character thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> exactly but uh this movie has this movie has two editors uh and i don't remember the name one of them the last name is Ennis, I believe and for Ennis, it was his um his first feature film directorial thing, which is oftentimes you see on low budget indies where it's like okay, this guy's been an assistant, an associate, and an additional editor on a bunch of big name features, so we can afford him. And then later on, they added a second editor who was Sam Raimi's main editor. And you can kind of tell because – Oh, is that why Bruce Campbell shows up later on? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, um, uh, I think his – I forget his name too. But uh, he, he's uh, Raimi's main editor and he, he works – he did all the Spider-Mans. He did uh, Drag Me to Hell. He's you know goes back to like Evil Dead 3, I think. Um, and so you can tell th- – there is a bit of a pacing shift at parts in this movie. And so you can kind of see a little bit of that. Uh, The cinematography is great, too. I don't know the cinematographer off the top of my head, but um, uh, everything – it's not – it's got a bit of a documentary feel to it, but it's also not over-stylized. You don't have any bleach bypass that you see in other war movies. Um, It's a lot of ambers and a lot of, obviously, beige because we're in the damn desert. But um, nothing's terribly de and nothing is terribly pushed either. You don't see a lot of pushes to any particular color. Uh, Just a very natural – I think they shot – they did shoot this digitally, as you'll see later on, with some horrible gain in one of the night shots.
0: It occurred to me as an unrelated note that I wonder how the African-American f- community feels about the term crushing blacks." Right. Yeah, I've, I've thought that myself as yeah, well. Yeah, it's one and of those I've, things. I've, that- I've,
1: I've, I've actually had that conversation with, with a friend of mine who's black. And in the back of my head, you get – because, you know, you get kind of like, I don't want to be racist. Like, you get that paranoia. And, um, but, I mean, I think most people are sensible enough to know what we're talking about here. Great reveal of, like, whether he's dead or not, too. This was shot by Barry
0: Aykroyd, who also
1: did United 93. Interesting. Interesting. You do get it. And the score is interesting, too. It's got almost this spaghetti Western feel to it at times. And this did win best score at the Oscars, I believe, if I'm correct. Did it? I I believe it did, yeah. Don't remember. I do remember the Legion of Extraordinary Dancers doing pop locking to it. Oh, that's (laughs) why I don't remember, because I skipped... Past and all to be of completely that. fair, I, I'm familiar with a few of the people in the LXD, and they are a great troupe. I don't blame them at all. For... I did
0: love their uh, performance at TED.
1: At what? At TED?
0: You ever see that? I didn't see their
1: TED performance yet. No. Go to
0: YouTube, go to the TED channel, the, Yeah, the uh, saying... TED Talks director or whatever that is, yeah. and uh, watch Legion of Extraordinary Dancers because it is a really deeply moving thing that makes you understand that's what they were trying to do at right. the Oscars right. when they failed. I remember right. their failure. It was a great failure.
1: I loved this, by the way. Because <laughs> you, you do... In a lot of military units, after a stressful day, you do get a lot of stupid bullshit horseplay and um, a lot of machismo. Uh, I've seen stuff like this happen in, in non-war situations. No, oh sure, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> there's a. I remember like the first time we had a weekend pass at Fort Sill in Oklahoma, and we had like three hours left in the uh-huh. evening. Whoa, uh-huh. uh, Fort Sill, right uh-huh. on. Um, we literally there was like one dude. Uh, his name was Harmon. He was like a wrestler from Ohio State, and he was like fucking yoked. And then there was me who was 143 pounds, but I knew a little bit of jujitsu at the time. I had just started doing jujitsu. And uh, and I had to explain to him what a chokehold was, and I explained to him what an arm bar was. And of course that motherfucker, you can do that to me. Sure enough, in a second the bit well, the beds were formed in a fucking ring. We like moved our beds around into a goddamn <laughs> God, ring. You guys are really <laughs> real. Yeah, and Jeez. we and you we had wrestled Thunderdome. We wrestled on linoleum. Which I don't recommend. And, uh, and he took me down fucking hard. He scooped me up for a high double and fucking slammed me down. I was able to choke him out a couple of times. He was able to just twist me into like a hammer lock. And I wasn't that good at jiu jitsu. And he knew nothing about submission. So we we're both kind of being idiots. But uh, I remember like we fucking wrestled. And like everybody's like screaming. We wrestled, I think, for like. Like twenty minutes straight, and I literally had him in a chokehold. My forearms were like so burning; I couldn't even like do anything to him. And then afterwards, we're we're like hugging and like fucking, just you know, I love you, man, and all that bullshit. So I mean, it's a lot of bullshit. I I have a
0: question about editing. How much broad strokes is it, and how much? tiny detail moments is it it's I mean, all tiny is, 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 moments. so do you do you, do you do you spend as much time thinking about the overall pacing of the film like yes. this this sequence shouldn't be in the movie
1: you have to think about how
0: this shot fits in the scene you have to because think i think on a moment to moment basis this is excellently cut but yeah. then i
1: also have problems with the overall pacing and i don't want right. to blame that on the editor or who um it's 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 also editor i mean the editor at the end of the day has to collaborate with the director but the director is the director so if the director looks at your cut and says make this shorter or make this longer you have to you can make your case but at the end of the day, there's one director. Um, you have to think about how a shot fits into a scene, how a scene fits into a sequence, how the sequence fits into the movie, and how the movie fits into the world and in cinema as a whole. You have to be present of this uh, in all of these cuts. And you know, again, I would recommend Blink of an Eye. It talks great deal about pacing and the importance of it, but. Every shot has to convey the emotion you're going for. So you have to be aware of what the scene is and what it's trying to do. Then you have to be aware of whether or not the director uh, was able to capture that exact emotion in what they shot. And if it isn't, then you have to either bridge the gap or reinvent the scene to represent what it's supposed to be about or what it it wants to be. And that's why sometimes you get reshoots. That's why every major movie has reshoots. Because – Clearly, this didn't work out for whatever reason, either performance or whatever. It's going in a certain direction. It's being pulled a certain way. We need to crawl it back or we need to rewrite the scene. That happens all the time and not just in feature film, but in, in documentary and in reality. It happens all the time. Um, Are you saying they fabricate stories for reality television? Is what? that what you're going to say right now? That's a discussion for a different time. Some do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. and, I, and I've been a part of that and some don't. So, I mean, and I don't want to. I, I would Did like you to- learn
0: jujitsu so you could protect yourself from the unwashed <laughs> masses?
1: <laughs> a funny story there is an editor who was editing on a Seagal film, and Seagal had Final Cut, and uh, literally Seagal was demonstrating Aikido wrist locks on the editor so that he understood properly what was happening. And so literally Steven Seagal is choking the shit out of his editor as like they're working on under, under Siege 2. Um, just, just so the editor could convey the story of, of that chokehold or I, so that I, the guy knew what the fuck was up?
0: I believe and I <laughs> don't could be mess wrong, with me. Dude. I
1: believe Steven Seagal has a very tiny penis and I feel he he <laughs> feels better about himself by picking on weaker people. And then until the day that Steven Seagal met Judo Jean LaBelle and Judo Jean LaBelle choked him unconscious and Seagal shat himself, uh, which is a very popular story that may or may not be true i i choose to believe that it's true that's another thing so anyway we're, we're into this sort of horseplay here and this obviously they're conveying a lot of their <laughs> this fight club uh <laughs> this fight club. and yeah you're seeing some of the scars some of the shrap scars right there and this is obviously a bit of the power struggle between these two men whether or not this connects to the very end of the movie i'm still not sure about and hopefully i'll be able to figure that out by the time we're done watching this here i feel like the theme of war is a drug is pretty strong Right, but do you feel that that theme is being serviced in every scene of this movie? With the ex- well, does a theme have to be? Well, I mean, well, that's, the-, that's the-, the case. Theoretically,
2: yeah. I, I mean, every single decision, like, like we've talked about before, filmmaking well, is just like, a series uh, of, of choices. decisions and choices. Yeah. And theoretically, like a- every choice that gets made for every single moment in detail should relate back to the theme.
0: Well, I feel like mm-hmm. well, I feel like a, a, a theme is just a series of juxtapositions that ultimately puts you, your brain in a certain place.
2: See, I, I don't think
0: that has to be. If that's the definition, which it might not be, but that's my internal one. You don't have to have every single scene refer to some guy's addiction to violence no, but or, you got, or war. You
1: got, but if you're going to tell a story, you got to tell that story clearly. And, and that's the thing is that I, I think the story gets a bit lost in lieu of very awesome character moments. Well, The Princess Bride is about
0: love conquers all, and there's a bunch of scenes where it's just Humperdinck and the and Count Rugen hanging out in the basement.
1: Well, okay, we can get deeper into story structure about a story, b story, but overall. And, and that this was, just, scene, that was thats not a perfect example. That was just the first. No, I, I get what it. you're saying, but this scene, this scene actually, this scene actually does convey to the theme. This, yes, this scene this, acts, this, this absolutely does. Connect does. To the theme. Absolutely does. Uh, with that said, it's—it's it's like I just feel that um, I don't know. I I, it just the the film overall feels uneven to me, and part of that, and part of that is an intangible thing. But I think a lot of people would agree that the feel, this film feels uneven. I certainly would. Yeah. So so with all that said, it can all be awesome but uneven. Well, what? Okay. What what scene? Full Metal Jacket. Very similar.
0: The, the the confusion of war is very well represented well, in Full Metal it's, Jacket it's, yes. it's two
1: stories though it's two stories supporting the same theme but the, the you know the, the stuff in the first the actually
0: 2001 front, is too you're right
1: a lot of Kubrick is and, and again we talk about sort of the purpose Kubrick of the is Zornaker. very much more theme than plot and look if you're going to watch a Matthew Barney Craymaster Cycle movie there's no fucking theme whatsoever that's front and center yeah there's but, no theme know. in
2: disaster movie or date movie
1: or... right right th- th- God help us but and yeah. I love this part here do you think I have what takes put on the suit and he just very clearly laughs, <laughs> no and I don't think that's a burn. I think that's a compliment. I think that's like I think that's like, yeah, you're a good, guy. No, you're, you're good guy. You're a good guy.
2: You're not addicted the way I am.
1: You're fine. You're, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna get out of here. You're gonna okay. go home and you're gonna and, go, home yeah. you're gonna I'd, go I'd, on with it. I'd like your for life. you guys to
0: editorialize now. Could a normal, balanced person do this for a living?
2: I what, think EOD? ward
0: Yeah. If you're not already unbalanced, Ward makes you unbalanced. You, and uh, I haven't Obviously, well, well this, I mean, we're, I, I, we're I, I look at this as one of the more dangerous jobs on a on a humanic, on a humanity I'm level. Like, just absolutely. your your life will be challenged every day. Well, how about how could about, you even be balanced and do this?
1: How about we refer to the one person in this room who is an actual combat veteran?
0: <laughs>
3: uh, well, for uh, before I joined, uh, before I actually joined the army, when I went in, um, I was actually going to go into EOD. Uh, just the, the waiting list. Cool, was, the waiting list was too long, and uh, I needed to get out of my current living situation. So, um, but. Uh, as someone who almost went into this, um, it, it, yeah, I'd say it it re- does require certain unique... Uh, y- adapting Adaptions? Uh,
2: Adjustments?
0: I, this is a difficult thing to put into words. I apologize yeah. for throwing this question out, but I'm curious. No, no, it's
2: fine. Uh, well, this is the real heart of the matter. This is the meat
1: of of what what's going on right here. i think i think every war has a story and a narrative unto and 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 unto itself world war ii has one of the clearest narratives out of any movie ever which is or out of any war ever which is okay two countries want to own the world they literally wanted to form an axis from which the world revolved around they would go to extraordinary lengths and commit horrible evils to do so the rest of the world therefore has to unite to stop them pretty simple story okay? and at the end mark hamill got a medal it was right very simple revolutionary war very simple narrative <laughs> We don't want to be a part of your country anymore. We want to be our own people, and we will fight to do that. Very simple narrative. Uh, world War One, a little more complicated. Not to many World War I movies out there <laughs> because there's assassinations and there's all those other sort of political machinations. Vietnam, very simple. Uh, actually, uh, relatively simple. A big country which wants to stop a political ideology from spreading uh, bites off more than they can handle in a, in a very tiny, weird part of the world. This war, there's, it's not a very clear narrative because there's so many different layers to it, and there's, there's, you know, sort of presuppositions as to why we're over there, and then there's new revelations, and then all this other stuff. It's not a very clear, easy to grasp narrative. Well, there's, there's, and, also- and yes, this is an apolitical movie. This movie, and what I love about it is that it yes. doesn't, it doesn't grasp onto the politics. It. it doesn't even reference politics at all, which yes. is what every Iraq war movie should do. Um, and, and, and what a lot of really good World War II movies do they don't embrace the politics of it they you know they don't they don't try to capture it but because this is such a, a complicated narrative in real life to crack it, it's it's tough to sort of tell a clear story this movie does the best job out of any Iraq war movie of telling a compelling story that's interesting and and, and rewarding to watch with that said it still has its own sort of baggage that comes with it and I don't know what it's going to take, you know, to do that. We had movies like Stop Loss uh, that tried to handle this, but that too easily fell into melodrama. As far as uh, you know, trying to tell a, a, an overly familiar, uh, familiar story and kind of shoehorn it into the Iraq War. This is this this movie is much more about feel and and sensory uh, aspects of it. Much more of like a, again a dreamlike state. We talked about a little bit of this during Kubrick, but. You know how do you tackle this war I don't know the answer and and I and I don't think we've clearly found the best way to do it either yet
2: and when you are talking about any war, regardless of which one you are there are two distinct topics there is the war as the actual war itself and then the politics connected to it and there's so such vastly vastly different topics even though they are so interconnected that it really is impossible to connect I mean regardless of what your point of view is about the Iraq war or the Vietnam War or World War II or whatever it's very very difficult from a storytelling point of view to connect the politics to the experience because while there are valid stories and valid points of view to both of those both of those arenas regardless of which side you're on whether it's you know the iraq war was good or whether it was bad or whether vietnam was good or bad it's just while the story about the politics of Vietnam or the Iraq war is a perfectly valid story to tell, the politics of it
3: is so disconnected from
2: the actual experience of that it doesn't lend up to being part of the right. same story. Being the guy trying to clear the building It's just an, yeah. a when, completely different world. When you're
3: the boot on the ground, you don't you don't
0: give a damn about yeah, politics. Exactly. I think you I, just want well, to be I think, alive I think, I think it was Matt yeah. that that said, I'll talk to you about war. I want to talk to you about politics.
1: Right, exactly. Now, now, Matt, did you do a lot of building clearing?
3: Uh, I did not, fortunately. As a matter of fact, uh, and I say fortunately because uh, the only training that we got in it was uh, little uh, lines that we were drawing in the sand in Kuwait before awesome. we moved north. <laughs> uh, there, that's were, a great block of instruction. Yeah, I think they actually scrounged up a couple of infantry guys to uh, show us a couple of things for that. Right but right. Um, we spent some time occupying a building, though, didn't you? Uh, well, living in, yeah. We in one of the palaces. Uh, the uh, brigade, I believe, our brigade headquarters was in one of the palaces. Yes. Were you now, part of the invasion itself? No, I got I got there uh, the end of May oh end of May 03. end of end of May, so yeah, the, end of the, May 03. So the ground situation after. was the ground. situation. Or end of April, end of April o3 Now we we got there just before official uh, the the war. I'm I'm putting up quote fingers. Uh, was def- was the declared major combat operations. Not not much right of war. right.
1: Now, this, I do want to talk a little bit about this. This is something, this is very ballsy to tackle, but the idea of a body-improvised explosive yep, a, device. A human bomb, yeah. And that, that's now Now, remind me, track. that, that th- is the kid or that is not the kid? It's, it's not the kid. We find out it's not the kid, but they even, they, there's a line in here that they have, You know, I love that, I got something here, and this actually rattles into to the core. They, I, there's a line later on with Sanford and the other guy where they say, like, is it him? I don't know, they all, it's hard to say because he's bloody and he's fucked up and, and they all do look alike is what he's saying. God, yeah. You know, there's a, yeah. and there's some, and you know, the, this is one w- instance where I wish Trey sure was here to talk about the body work. But to me, it's pretty good rubber man work. I, I, I believe. Uh, that's so, a, what's I the point body? of doing this kind of thing?
0: Do this you just is, lay the body down? In it seems like it, it would he only. It, it he walks like would, into the camp and blows himself up. Yeah. The, yeah, the wait, the kid. No, 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 no. They leave, no. Why leave would they the, do this? They leave it seems like it would, it would attract more attention than a bomb he's would.
1: Dead. Like he, he he he's totally dead. Like they killed the kid fall, and cut him was, open.
3: It was my impression that they it was a fail. It was a botched operation. Hmm. That they were trying to. I thought a
0: body bomb was something on the outside of it, like a vest or something. No, no, it's in him.
1: It's it's absolutely in him. And the th- yeah. and, and from my because, understanding, and you were there, so you well, know better. Well, be,
3: because they they uh, they search you before you come into any base.
1: Right, but how long do you have to leave here? How long do you have to live until you die from a bomb being inside of you? I
3: have no idea.
1: Now, this I love because the 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 colonel wants to be out there. Is he colonel? Well, the officer wants to be out there, uh, and he's trying to be friendly, and he's yeah, trying to be yeah. He's trying to be friendly about it. And He's trying to do the civilized thing and be be nice and polite about everything. But Arab, Arabic countries uh, politeness yeah. is sort of a Western construct. Yeah, there over, yeah there is no please. There is no please over there. It's like go over there. And that may see rude, but that's just standard over there. Yeah. So ultimately, this guy's like, go, get over there now. And um, my buddy, uh, uh, Sean Baby, the internet writer, his brother is a major in the Marines. And he had spent several combat tours over there. And he said, yeah, the first time I came home to LAX airport, I was used to the sort of Middle Eastern way of dealing with people. And when I got home, I was pushing – You know, I was at the airport. I was pushing my luggage cart. And a guy was kind of being slow and walking in front of me. And instead of saying "excuse me, sir," I literally snapped my fingers, pointed, went "move!" like that, and the guy like yeah. terrified yeah, yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you have to be like "move, get out of here now." Yeah.
3: Uh, so. the, to the point where, like, when I first got into country, uh, I had I like there's all kinds of these uh, the, these little not pockets, but the, there's this, there's all these strips of uh, of um, ni- or this webbing that are stitched to your uh, your armor, um, which you can actually see. The, the the vest that James is wearing is the one um, that that I had. And you can see all the little sort of vertical slots in it. Well, I had pens, I had a compass, a thermometer, I had all kinds of stuff hanging off of it, which I eventually had to get rid of because every time you see a kid, they point to they point to something that you are wearing. It, Mister, gimme. And it it is one of those things that wears on you. At at first, you are not you are not not prepared for it, and you are like, well, okay, maybe, but like, could you say please? No, Mister, give me water. You give me water. It's fine. yeah, you know, it's it's it
0: really is a or candy or whatever they ask you for. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just give me.
1: Yeah, give me that a May I please have? I mean, yeah. politeness is sort of a Western concept. Well, it, I right. guess if you're, if
0: you're subtracting, if you're unilaterally subtracting politeness, is is an appropriate answer? No, go away. Yes. Oh, right? okay. I mean,
1: am I, am I right? Like, no, get out of here. Like that. I mean, that's what Matt uh, um, told me a few times. Yeah, it's
3: it's really hard to because yeah, I come from an upbringing where you know politeness please, and manners are, are yes. You know, <laughs> Wait you a second, go to, that
0: body has no bones in it, so he was dead. He just lifted up his
1: arm and, and bent it. Uh, I think I think that's probably, well again it could be a puppet. Uh, I think that's just poor puppet work as opposed to that. I my my theory and I could be wrong, but my theory is that the body was dead. They were going to leave the body somewhere, and then when someone goes to find it, calls in a medic or something. Yeah, whatever. The, dead. Um, now this now he had he had I think five bricks of C four on top of it, ready to do uh, an explosion that would obviously get rid of the bomb. They're just going to take out the whole building. But now he's doing this thing where he's actually going in with his hand. <laughs> to pull out this damn bomb, um, th- this is this is, I think, a Hollywood construct. They're trying to <laughs> introduce this to him because there's absolutely no reason to do this. Yeah, well, he's an EOD guy. He has to defuse the bomb,
0: right? He had but he bricks before. C- C- more. C- C- so, so it's it's not even an active bomb. It's just explosive material in him
1: yeah absolutely the, the, i wonder the, if it's just like a character thing. It's just his friend that he wants to help it absolutely he, he doesn't want he do. doesn't want his yeah. body to be yeah, it, it absolutely it absolutely is that it's his own sort of character's psychological journey but, See, I'm looking but it at seems that like it's all thing. wrapped up in plastic if you want it to if you wanted to it sounds like radio it sounds like a phone uh, like a call-on bomb it's like i wonder if they're transporting it uh, I don't know. I'd, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd,
0: uh, I'd, I'm thinking in terms of why would they wrap it and not put I know, it in? I, I know that and why would they left... have him be dead? I think I know, they're transporting
1: it. I know that they have used bodies of children on the road to get whole convoys to stop so that they examine what it is to see if the kid is alive. When the kid, when they go to approach the kid to see if he's alive, that's when they, they blow it. That, that, I've heard of reports of that. <laughs> really? <laughs> you were from Iraq? Wow. See, and again, he's trying to just deal yes. with them. He's just trying to like rationalize with them. And and it's like well I don't wanna understand and That's how you,
3: that's yeah. how things start, and you real and depending on your on your tolerance, you either continue in that vein or you snap and tra- and it it's because you don't want to create. Uh, you're, you're trying to be non confrontational, um, but at the same time, you know, sort of you don't want to get your message out. get your message across, and unless you actually have oh, a translator with you, that can be difficult. Because I
2: I assume you're 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 doing it. You're trying to do the Win the hearts and minds, kind of a thing. Yes, yes. So you're you're trying to approach that from the American point of view, and
3: and part of the trouble is particularly. I'd, hopefully, they've changed things now. But you know, going in, we just knew we were going to Iraq. We didn't know a damn thing about the country, the people, the customs, the religion. We didn't know anything. You had, had not... no culture
0: training at all, N- whatsoever. You That's had. So my name is Matt. I'm from here. I know how to shoot this gun. I'm on a plane. Where this is Iraq, huh? Okay. Well, Contrast that. I... We, we
3: had about. Um, in a, I think the most. I think the most uh, training we had in terms of how to deal with people was we got like a dozen, maybe a dozen phrases in Arabic that had been like, unless you can actually uh, read Arabic is one of those languages like Russian. Really quickly. This uh, really, yeah.
1: yeah, He's just waving goodbye. Didn't even notice. And boom. And that is so good. That is such a good like depiction of that as being inside the car. That's very documentary journalistic feel to it.
2: Uh, I get. The, I get the feeling the writer was in something the back of probably a similar movie happened. Yeah, I think when that's, that happened. Uh,
3: yeah, and it's that's the uh, That's about all there would be to find the Kevlar helmet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, about the only training we had was uh, maybe half a dozen or two dozen uh, phrases in Arabic right. that nobody knew how to pronounce properly, uh, which is you know stuff like stop or come here or right. because you know, put it's, your it, hands the language
0: up. itself is in addition to being words and, and formed sounds, it's also effects. It's also cl- like. The way you trill and the way you you make yes, it's it's one of those languages, right? I don't know. I don't know. The, well, it, I, I, it's not. I don't want to say sound effects because that seems like derogatory. Um, but it, it's not it's, tonal. It's guttural. Um, but uh, it's. It, it is. You, very you can say different. you can say something that I would not be able to tell the difference between thing one and thing two, but it means different things. Well, that, ma- that
1: kind of thing. Mandarin's the same way. Like there's a lot of uh, right? no, Mandarin.
0: Yeah, I know that. No, it's not like it's not like Chinese
3: uh, where, or, or as we we're saying Mandarin, where it's it's tonal, where the same word can mean different things if you pronounce it differently. Um, it's just a very different language. You know, different. They have sounds we don't have. They have. Uh, you know, the writing is all handwritten. It's yeah. all and it's all uh, right to left. Um, and I—I I actually got to a point where uh, I—it was easier for me. I would spend a lot of times on street corners doing doing uh, doing guard duty, just uh, when it actually wasn't my turn for guard duty. Uh, just interacting with people, um, and uh, they didn't largely they didn't know any Arabic, any English, and I didn't know any Arabic, so it was largely a conversation of point to something, you know, what this, this pencil in in be this, and so you jot that down in your notepad. And it actually got to the point where it was easier for me to learn the Arabic script and write it that way than it was to try to remember my approximations in English. Try to write
1: it phonetically. Right, Right, yeah. Because you forget
3: what the phonetic... You forget what the phonetic... uh, The
1: the phonetic alphabet would have been for that. Right, right. Um, Equivalent would have been. Yeah. Now, contrast that with, I mean, my my cousin, when he went over, I think this is, you know, not just administrations, but, you know, the uh, um, General Petraeus, who, you know, kind of took over in 2006. Um, he really understood the necessity to the cultural aspect and just understanding the basics of culture. Politeness may, you know, what we understand as politeness may be not what they understand, but ho- the rules of hospitality are very much real. So later on, yes. when he does break out. Yes. And one thing they do get right when he, when he busts into that dude's house and the dude's like, sit down, have some tea. Yes. That may seem weird. That's how it happens. It's like, please, have some tea. Sit down. Have some food. Whatever I have is yours. Yes. Yeah. Those are the rules of hospitality, and those are very real. And not only that, that's how, that's how we started getting valuable information from negotiations. Is like here, one, I mean, there's a colonel who said like, he actually met with a former, uh, former uh, al-Qaeda and Iraq guy and got him to flip by saying, look, come over to this person's house and let's have some tea. He's like, well, how do I know you won't shoot me? And the American colonel said, under the rules of hospitality, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. We're going to sit oh, together and nice. we're going to have some tea and we're going to talk about it. Michael Totten actually reported about this, and that's when we started getting valuable information. Was we started understanding the culture and understanding a lot of this? Again, apolitical, oh. but let's—it's just purely tactical that we understand that.
3: Well, wasn't it Sun Tzu? No, you know, know, uh, know your enemy.
1: Yeah, well, not just know your enemy, sure. but just, you know, just you can always talk civilly to your enemy if you if you yeah. under the right circumstance. Was he familiar with the writings of Sean Yu? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Jeez. But uh, my, my cousin, when my cousin went through, because my cousin is, he only went in about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, they hey, look!
0: It's Hurt Locker going off the rails.
1: I know, right? Yeah, where he's where he's wearing a civvy hoodie over his uniform, no cover. Just I, getting I really at,
2: feel like Matt Damon should be like right behind him, going, "All
1: right,
0: buddy, let's do this. Let's do
2: this." Yeah, all this right, is I'm
1: when going. this is what Yeah, this this on, on, we, on every level. What's going on here? There is no way, no way, in fucking hell! You go out into the city let's, in the middle of the night in 2004 without. I don't care how you, you couldn't right, wait, even wait, wait, get it. Wait, wait,
0: wait. You couldn't even get out the gate. Let's, let's do it's let, crazy and stupid. Lay this out for me.
1: Explain every like. Start with the hoodie. Okay, well, I mean that's, I mean, whatever. You, well, you don't. It's possible he might have. It's possibly it. might have, but that's like, I mean, you don't. If if he wants to do something like this, then he would change into like he'd put some damn pants on because wearing camouflage pants, like with with that without any cover, he'd make it five feet before a, a fellow soldier said, "Dude, what are you doing? Get yeah. your fucking cover on. Yeah. Your cover is your hat. You always have to wear your at least your hat like outside. Yes. That never that never happens. That's like you don't understand when you're in uniform and you don't have your cover on and you're outside. That's like having your dick out. It, it's the most awkward feeling. Or like <laughs> yeah, or not having your shoes you know, not having your shoes on and people would stop you like soldier, get your fucking cover on, yes. you know? Um, and and now be- what about the city at night? But now uh, <laughs> I'll let Matt take that one. <laughs> so you
3: just it, okay, first of all, there's no way it, there's always going to be at least a uh, two, a two staged gate an inner and an outer uh, with a sort of neutral area in between where you uh, take your weapons and take the bullets out and make sure they're safe. Um, and you have to get through both of those points to get out into the the world, and there is no one. So aim. these guys are selling DVDs inside the. Well, camp. no, that that actually does happen. Um, that there are uh, They'll we, allow vendors in, yeah. Yes, yes, the they're the vendors. They they have uh, you, you can get your you can get your cigarettes and your DVDs or your. But it, by the time I left the little base that we had had set up, I mean, we had internet, we had air conditioning, we had we could get pretty much whatever we needed from the. Uh, it, it's actually a pejorative, um, so I apologize. But we we call them the haji. We call it the haji shop. Um, uh, the haji is actually someone who has gone on hajj, the uh, the Mecca, the, um, the the pilgrimage, the pilgrimage to Mecca. Yes, that's one, that's one of the five ha-
1: pillars of Islam. It's one of the things yes. you have to do before you die if you're a Muslim.
3: Yes. Uh, well, you, it's not strictly required, but yes, it, it's if you're a if you're a strict Muslim, then yes, you make the. The hajj to uh, to Mecca. If you're it, haji is for male, uh, a is uh, if you're female. Uh, See,
1: but no, you're but, a guest. Please sit down. Like that's that's so accurate, right there. Uh, I mean, no, Jeremy Renner is not.
3: <laughs> yeah, and and I've and I've been in one or two um, households under the under this sort of uh, well, obviously not this condition, but um, you know where I've you know been able to sit you know generally actually on the floor because they weren't very wealthy people. But, um, you know, and, and here's tea, and would, would you like one of our movies? I'm like, um, and it, it, they are, by and large, a very generous, very nice people. It's just that the cultural differences, um, the, 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 without the education um, to, tell, to let the soldiers know, look, this is what, you know, this is how things are, this is what they're like— um, We didn't have any of that. We had to figure it out all for ourselves, and all we had to go off of was what we were being told by our superiors. Um, So go here, clear this building. We're looking for this guy. We didn't, you know, there was no, well, what about the other people that live there? You know, it was like, this is the guy you're trying to find, and, you know. Or, you know, or you're trying to find weapons, or you're trying
0: to you know it's, this it's is all very with,
2: abstract. This is how to deal with the people who aren't probably who aren't trying to kill you, right? Is there any,
0: any universe in which this is even kind of realistic, or is it literally completely nuts? The, I the I, I
1: the
0: couldn't, couldn't see this happening. A guy all. that's been around for nine hundred bombs would never beat this guy.
1: I just I don't I don't see I don't it. I don't yeah. see how Can it, it be it, a piece of magic
0: you could it's, not it's a, get nah. off post
1: yeah I think this is the movies one like one major piece of magic is that this this and now again the now the reentry that what happens to him here I think is very real with everybody fucking about to murder him and and putting him down that absolutely would happen but he get an article 15 at least for this. oh big time. Yeah. yes is, yeah, there's say, no uh, way he was there. Be, has sent out again. Is there oh, no? He'd be. Like he'd this? be. I mean, he'd be th- out. This he wouldn't be out, but he would absolutely get at least an Article 15, which is a pretty standard uh, punishment. Yes, as well as probably a, uh, a, it's a administrative, major, punishment. administrative punishment. Probably a major fine. Is there any? And he'd probably be have restrictive duty for two weeks. Is like, there a
0: specific nomenclature for identifying yourself as a friendly? Is it USA friendly? Is that what you say, or is it any? Is it anything you can I, say to convince? him I them?
3: think that's a. I think again, that's a movie construct because this would
0: never happen. You would never walk into base on your
3: own. It just yeah. would not just, happen. Even if you what, go what, what to about? a
1: whorehouse, you go with a buddy. Like, that's even if you go, like he's saying, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. He's saying I, I went to a whorehouse. Training, you, day yeah, one, buddy day system. One, buddy system. That's like, that's ingrained in you from from Jump Street. Like, you don't go out into, uh, I mean, even if you're in Germany, like, you don't go out by yourself. Like, even if you're in modern day, uh, I don't know, Norway, you well, don't actually, go out by Well, now that you can, because I have but
3: this out for
0: me, it's starting to occur to me that maybe this plays into his character. He's going out for the sense of danger.
1: Fine. And then... And, okay, cool. That's and I think... A I think not, not, not that... Let me...
0: Give me two more sentences. Not that that excuses how ridiculous a magic being it is, but at least it refers to the original magic being, which is that this guy lives to almost die.
2: Right, which goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where is this guy is obviously an extreme example of... This character is an extreme example of what this guy would be, but we need him to be that extreme for the movie. And so... Is, is that extreme uh, nature of that character so extreme that it's completely out of bounds of reality? And, well, and
1: that's the major problem of this movie. If this character is a magic bean, then you have pinned your whole story in which virtually everything else around him is absolutely real. Your main character is now the magic bean. And if that's the case, and then everything else surrounding him is real... That's like saying, "Oh, we've got our new soldier in today. Oh, what's his name? Oh, he's a ghost that's been dead since the 18th century. Let's go out and defuse bombs." Like to to me, it's just as as outrageous that this guy is doing a lot of this stuff.
3: Well, it, it, here, here's what I would have, I would have to say about that. Um, if you're, I think for for this to be to work for the general audience, he has to be this extreme because I think right. in a for the
0: movie to exist, yes, he has got to be this. No, far. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah because in order i disagree because we
3: we love the movie so far it hasn't been nuts well it's it's not it's not that we need it for us to be to love it um but for the story we need it having not or well you need it having not been to war right
1: to understand it
3: uh in order to yes because you don't have a
1: frame
0: of reference um it's like you're taking
1: the mccain archetype and making that like your gateway to this reality so this is a war movie for
0: civvies has there been a war movie for war guys is there like a war movie that war guys love aside from fucking Apocalypse Now? Black Hawk Down.
1: Black Hawk Down works uh, pretty good yeah. and well. Black Possibly, Hawk Down. Yeah. I love Black Hawk Down. Is
0: there a war movie that no veteran would be like hot fuck on that movie? I've read the
3: book, but
1: uh, I know a lot of Vietnam vets who hate Platoon. I know a lot of Vietnam vets who hate Platoon. I know a lot of but they love Hamburger Hill. So I, I mean, you know, it's it's
0: it's like in the Full Metal Jacket commentary, he said this movie just happened to not work for my dad, and a lot, yeah. of, a lot
1: of guys like it he didn't there's elements that well again it's i think i think i think this i think like what the Hurt locker is to me is what full metal jacket was to my dad in the sense that he there were elements that worked for him as well but like and and he loved kubrick he was a huge kubrick nerd but like it just for whatever reason that just as a whole this, the the sum was like lesser than the parts the 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 sum was less than the parts of the whole there for him um, and for me i love this movie i'll i'll watch it all the time but like there are parts of it that just don't work for me this part while accurate, I mean, what you're seeing is uh, a lot of these reactions feel very real, and Matt obviously can can speak yes. truth to power on that. Yes. But, but for me, all this works right up until, hey guys, let's the three of us go into the dark alleyways and try never to do sweeping clear like that. Never happened. Never happened. And it's just like. It's like wow, guys! This is so amazing. This well, I wonder, just, well, it, are they going to hang a lantern on it?
0: Or is, is Sandborn or no. Edgewick going to say this is retarded? No.
1: And I guess I, and that's the thing. I guess to the average movie viewer, this will work entirely for them. But for I think Matt and for me, it's like everything is happening. Oh man, what should we do? I think we should sprout our rings and fly and shoot our laser vision. Yeah. I, like I, that's that's I as foreign
0: as it is to me. Two stage question. Stage one: Is this something that a, like a commando would do? What is a commando? Yeah. Well, my understanding of like a... You mean
2: like a beret or a... Yeah, like, like, okay. a, like, a, like a super well, those specialist. Those are units who work completely well, I know, under I know, completely is that different, different circumstances. circumstances. Well,
0: is that something that they would do? Because maybe this works because my understanding is that those badass dudes can do this kind of thing. No. no, But no, if that's alone. true, that's the construct that Hollywood's given me.
3: It's always teamwork. Okay, yeah. Look, I you you, you want a good
1: was, example? Like Black Hawk Down is a good example of what Delta and what Rangers do, which is, okay, we're going to bust in with helicopters. We're going to do all this. It's going to be this huge coordinated effort. They're not going to know what hits but them. But even then, Delta and
3: Ranger operate completely differently. Completely
1: differently. Yes. Yeah. Eric Bana is a very accurate de- depiction of uh, of a Delta of a Delta operator in Black Hawk Down, the way he, he operates. Now, back to this movie. Again, everything you're seeing is pretty realistic of situations like this. Up until Up until they moment. decide to do a three-man sweep and clear of a dark alley. After a major explosion yeah. goes on, it, it, and it's, funny like it's like
2: you. It's like you're going from Black Hawk down to uh, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger move, movie. That's yep. that's that's yep. more yep. akin yeah. to the leap of yep. what it's. Let me making. ask you this:
0: This exists in the story so that Edgewick or Eldrick or whatever his name is, uh, fidgety guy, could learn to not trust jeremy renner anymore
1: well uh, it also, could, could, with, with this
0: with, with this movie without this scene and with another scene where he the bomb goes off and it fucks up the dude or something like that without this scene and a, and a scene that for the purposes of the story equates to this scene where this guy gets fucked up because of the commander guy's decision could would the movie have been on the whole way stronger like if, is it just this scene or is if you took this out would the movie still work
1: I think I think from a story perspective, the reason or, I guess with the movie uh, would you have well, a, it would mess up like I arc. fucked up my entire point. No, I get would, what you're would, you,
0: would you have a problem with the movie if this scene was accomplished with a more realistic scenario?
2: But the problem is, we've already established that Jeremy Renner's
0: character does genuinely care and is a good leader for these other guys. That he does take care of them. Well, then there's more even interest for the character because then he has to deal with the fact that he guys. Then again, you have to ask yourself: I wonder if he's ever gotten his buddy killed before. And I'm assuming the answer is probably yes.
1: The 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 way I read the, well the thing is the way I read the scene and the way I read the uh, of of James's character is that part of it is that when you, when you're preventing a bomb going off you're establishing control you're taking an uncontrollable volatile situation you're establishing and implementing a sense of control when he sees Beckham or what he perceives to be Beckham is dying he loses an element of control so he tries to establish control by going out into the city and doing all this crazy shit hell be damned to the rest now a huge bomb has gone off that he couldn't control so now he wants to go into the city and. Capture them and establish some sense of control, and in the process, he ends up shooting, literally shooting his friend because he's the one who fires the round that hits him in the leg. Um, I I never caught that part. Really? I thought it, I, it seemed that way to me. Maybe I, maybe, I, maybe I read it well, wrong. Didn't they go. They went up different alleys. They went up different alleys, but then they they see like they see him being dragged off, and then they fire at the guys. And I think they end up hitting him. Is what I thought happened. We'll find out here in a minute. And also, just then, you can tell it's Sean digitally because there was some horrible, horrible grain. Uh, and some horrible noise uh, that some uh, some beta noise that happened on the uh, on the video there Uh, and just it gets real choppy and real chunky um, in some of those darker scenes and and I don't mind that as much it almost has like this weird dogma 95 feel to it Um, but yeah and so now we're into this you know at this point they might as well have ridden a cyclops into it because for me it's just like it's it's like okay we're clearly in movie land now
3: yeah they're they're cowboys they're out there This, this It wouldn't happen. You would not I, go out so with two other guys to right. go sweep a hole. Especially series when of, this isn't their training. And they do sort of hang a lantern on there. There was a line. There was a line. Something to, to the effect of, "Look, you got three infantry platoons behind you. I'd just wait. It's their job to go after exactly. these guys." And James is like, "No, I'm, I'm not. Okay. I'm not
0: okay with this." Let's, Let me ask you this: would the, scene, would the yeah. scene work if one of the infantrymen guys came in and kicked him out?
1: If they got to a certain point and then they... and then or, with, if, or if the
0: infantry... If they did the sequence and then the infantry... Uh, well, what if not, what if once to, he gets shot and it's already happened, uh, the, uh, the bulk of the scene has happened, if some guy comes in and just says, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. Right. Then and the, the screenwriter gets his, but the ar-
1: army guys get theirs. If the infantry basically serves as the cavalry in that sense. I, I want to be clear about something. If you're, if you're a superior officer and you force two other guys to do this without any sort of knowledge or approval, this is borderline court-martialable offense. So if infantry comes in and does all this shit, like... Dude, you need to not work for a while. Like you need to I mean, this is this is rough. Like, Yeah, again, this is a situation where they would get
3: the, in a lot of trouble after coming home.
1: Which isn't to is to say it never happens in your life, he, but
2: if, if you he know. hops off base without permission? Yeah. If these two just, things happen in that close of a proximity,
1: this guy's going home. Well, you're getting a psych exam at yep. best. Yeah. You're getting a psych exam at, at best and, and you're and you're getting you're getting restrictive duty for a while at worst. You know, I mean, you know, that's you're probably getting busted think, over rank or two. Yeah, you probably get. You probably get. He'll get bopped down to E six at this action. Oh, actually. At Especially the Especially if it results in an NFL soldier, which getting it, hurt. which
3: which. Getting busted from E E6 is a big deal. That's
1: a huge. That's a huge amount of pay. Those are pay grades. That's how much money you make a month. And let me tell you, you don't make a lot in the army at all. Like so, E six to E seven. That's a huge, huge deal.
2: I think. I think it's also a matter of character justification. Because, yeah, even though we don't necessarily see the the larger characters of of whoever is above them in their chain of command, but more so with uh, with Sanborn, I don't buy that Sanborn would be going along with this, you know, I'm I, with you on that. Because oh, no, no. We, Because we've already established well, this tense relationship, where Sanborn is like, "Dude, fuck this guy. He's what the hell is he doing?" There's and respect. He punches but, him when he yeah. turns the radio
1: off. Right. There, he
2: punches him when he turns the radio off, and then he's going to go along with him when they when they well, pull There's
1: been, there's there's been a bit. Of, there's been a bit of respect. We have the sniper scene. We have the we have the drunk scene. Like there's but been, it's been a, built of a It's not it's, enough. It's it's, it's 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 bridged the gap a little bit, but yeah, at this point, I think all, uh, Sanborn, even though Sanborn respects James and has like gotten a little bit, you know, trust him a little bit more, just this whole concept and like. I don't know. This whole th- this whole sequence is it, it bugs me worse than anything. I prefer the stuff at the end back home to a, a significant it, degree. More this, than I prefer this. The stuff back home
2: doesn't bother me at all. That's I what mean, I'm saying. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, well, yeah the, this, this stuff bothers, this stuff yeah.
3: bugs me very very much. Something I'd like to point out about James's character is if going back to the uh, what I was talking about at the beginning about the combat patches, he's wearing the uh, scroll as they call it um, from the yeah. one of one of the ranger battalions. Yeah, he's wearing. So ranger. So he's already been to he's already been to war as a ranger, and so he's probably first in and out presumably presumably he started off as infantry and transitioned to our to EOD to EOD which is hard to do which says a lot about your character
1: yeah that's that and it's hard to do too because you're basically asking to be not dumped down a rank but you're basically saying I need to start over when you do that because you have to go back to AIT and uh, school EOD school is a, almost a year just of schooling. We should talk about that a little bit, the fact that you go to boot
2: camp first, and then you go to yes. advanced infantry yeah. training, which is like – No, advanced individual training. Advanced individual, individual yeah. training, sorry,
1: uh, which is your uh, – Your job. Yeah, your, that's your, your job specialty. Training. Your yeah. specialty, yeah. But, I mean, boot camp is is eight weeks plus one week of reception, and then you get like a day off, and then you fly to your AIT. And then if you're EOD, you have to be an ammo specialist first at least, and that's uh, 10 or 12 weeks. And then you have to go to Florida for EOD, which is – a year. So for him to be a ranger, as 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 little character touches like Matt points out, and then get busted back down is this, now this. Well, I, get, I, I was talking about it not not, not, down, not but in not terms busted. of
3: not in terms of being like. Okay, he was already infantry. He was already a friggin' ranger. Which right. Is which, which is which another is, level. which is enough. That's I mean that's it's tough, tough to make it
1: through rangers. ranger school is tough. Ranger school is tougher than Green Ranger. So right right
3: basically, now. what they're saying here is that. Rain, being a ranger wasn't enough for him yeah. he had to go def, defuse bombs
1: and this this bugs the hell out of me this this movie cliche of showering with your clothes on we see in so many areas and I I, I mean very rarely does it work and I just again this is a movie construct scene when, and which wouldn't be so bad but when you do everything else so well and yes the blood in the shower yes I've, we've seen this before we get it your buddy blood on you and you're washing and absolving of your sins we see this a million times and in a movie where you do something so perfectly right and you juxtapose with these very Hollywood cliches, it, it it cuts the legs out over sort of all the goodwill you've earned. Uh, and it makes, you know, it, it makes you remember the good stuff less.
2: It does, yeah, when... I mean these are these are pretty standard cliches that in a lesser movie you could go, Okay, well I, I, that's fine. That's right. part that's part for the course. Exactly. But when they're when they're thrust up against some really spectacular filmmaking. Right. It's just that much more disheartening and, and
1: disappointing if Shia LaBeouf showers himself in Transformers 2 I don't mind it as much but if and he doesn't but I'm saying if you were to do that it wouldn't bug you <laughs> but in a movie that you know is now a best picture winner and you know for whatever that's worth you and there's Beckham alive and well but and now is that Beckham or is that a difference no, that, that was that's my understanding that's uh, that's because he, he knows, knows who James point, is I think the point is that it's Beckham yeah the point okay. is that it's Beckham and that because they again they they hung a lantern earlier they acknowledge that like well it's hard to say because this kid's all fucked up but and here we go here. And again, you don't rush out with no cover. <laughs> with the, we'll, actually, uh, no. This is accurate. I, you, I, don't, I, oh, right, you don't go it onto on yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. to an airfield. Uh, there's, there's actually literally a line um, on an airfield. It's, like, it's, cross, a, yeah. it's a red line. You don't cross it uh, without headgear because it can get sucked into an engine. Yep. I'm sorry. You don't cross you it with, with head, headgear. With yeah. headgear, yes. Uh, yeah, there's... That, and uh, if you're in certain dress uniforms, after a certain hour, you don't have to have headgear.
1: Right, right, right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, see, yeah, see he shot him. He he shot him in the leg. He was aiming for the other guys, but he shot him.
3: Yeah, a, a specialist saying FU to uh, an E7 uh, would... You, and this, is, this <laughs> is kind of on the nose.
2: In addition to being after all of that, all, you know, all of that born ultimatum scenes. Right. And that's the thing. This for is, him to go, you don't, you didn't have to do this for you to get your adrenaline fixed because war is a drug, man. I know. It, and this movie
0: is very lyrical in a lot of ways. But I only gets- wish I was in the Hurt Locker right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Freeze frame. No, um, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, this movie is very lyrical in so many ways. And then it gets incredibly literal in and- others. And then which is amazing, which is again so good. Like this is such a good scene. You know what this is? This is a collection of
0: scenes. It, it's just yeah, there, it's there just, is a thread. There is a thread yeah. of character development going on, but for the most
1: part, it's like it's those, a bag of it's, 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 it's those four good scenes. Yeah, and very little connective tissue. Very little, very little sinew to like hold this. But whole it, thing
2: it, it is a demonstration of the fact that you can have a very. They say you can have a very good beginning and a very good ending, and if you have those, you can get away with a lot in the middle, and people yep. will still. Give you best picture. Give you yeah. best picture and best director. Well, I mean,
1: I mean, Saving Private. Well, Saving Private Ryan didn't. She didn't win get best director, year, but she did get best director. She oh, did. she did. You didn't know? How did you not know that? Oh, I, I got my fucking bets mixed up. Barbara, Barbara Streisand practically <laughs> crying on stage just happened. You know, like
2: and Sofia Coppola going,
1: yeah, yeah, fuck I you suck. all. Like,
0: <laughs> this is just this straight is, up deeply heartbreaking. Yeah, the, this and, is and,
1: well, and, so, and this
3: is how it would go too because yep. you. The, there is no training for english over there you have to have translators um and i don't mean i trying to communicate with oh,
1: go ahead No, I was gonna, a very another very subtle touch is that the interrogator is an iraqi native wearing a full face mask because he lives there Yes, and if neighborhood ah. people saw oh, his yes. face yes. if neighborhood people saw his face they would report they would they would rat him out and his whole family would get fucking murdered that's yes. why he's wearing the ninja mask yes
3: yes um, matter of fact that you get, uh, thank you for bringing that up. You, you do get a lot of gentlemen who, uh, want to help, uh, help, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, join the local militia or whatnot, but you know, that they're, they're like there one day and gone the next because the local baddies figure, you know, find out that, oh, you're helping the Americans or the United you know, forces or whatnot. And, um, uh, you know, they go by his house and like, uh, yeah, you're going to stop doing that or we're going to kill, like, kill your entire family.
1: And that's if you're lucky enough that they ask, like this sometimes this should just happen, right? Like that would just like they would just. I mean, the, the oh, I'm, I'm sure it did. A big part of the reason why the tides quote started turning is because oh, the oh god, this sucks. I know yeah. the, the entire indigenous population turned against uh so a, a lot of the you know the 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 terrorist operatives. This, but here we go. This... I mean, this, this is scene? Saw. This
0: is what this is. This <laughs> scene is. This is what happens when you don't do Saw first. You do Hurt Locker first, and you get this scene,
1: and it's it's that much more effective. And see, now they're a team. Now they're now they've been through so much shit together that they've actually like worked up a a sense of mutual respect and whatnot. And so now like they're they're on board with one another, and you get like the two characters sort of meet in the middle, and and this this stuff with this I the, now this is like a real body bomb as far as like the the thing being bolted and. Welded together on them like a fucking yeah. It's like you said. It's saw. It's like it's it's just this crazy contraption. This scene is the best short film I have ever seen. It's really yeah. That's a good way of putting it. It's like look, you're
3: a regular Joe. You're gonna do what we want you to do to the point where we're gonna bolt this bomb to you. You have no choice in the matter. Go do our bidding. Yeah, he oh, didn't want this. God. This is you know he he's not a he's not a crusading person or anything like that he's just this got forced onto him for some one reason or another
1: He probably had a bad day mouth off and like some people take yeah. advantage of him yeah. which is exactly what happens a lot of times
3: uh and then the communication issue, look, where like look yeah. you're trying to get the translator to tell the the to, to relay something in a particular way and you know you and bang you hit the language that language barrier where you know maybe this doesn't translate properly
1: does this kind of shit happen?
0: Where they'll take someone prisoner and make him a suicide bomb? Yes.
1: Really? Oh, I have no doubt that it does. Or someone's I, in a really horrible position to say, look, we know, and they don't have necessarily a problem, but they're like, look, well, you're I mean, poor. Is, are, We'll give you lots of money. We'll give your well, family we'll do, lots of money. What,
0: what, what, is, what is the contention of the screenwriter here, even though it's implicit? Are they saying the guy is full of shit, not a family man, and trying to kill them? No. Took, no, took, no not, so not at all. Took no. the buyout. No. Or is fully a prisoner? Fully a prisoner of the situation. Yes,
1: fully prisoner of the situation. I think, and I think there's. I think maybe he probably like at, was complaining about Americans at one point. Somebody probably sweet talked him and then forced him into this position, and that he probably just doesn't want to do this anymore. Maybe, or maybe one day he's like, "Yeah, I do want to do them." He's like, or "No, he that's could a have horrible been straight straight fucking up, idea." He could yeah. have been straight yeah. up
2: kidnapped. I mean, we have no way. We have no way. None of that matters really for the in terms of the story. And but,
3: ultimately, yes, exactly. You it, you don't ultimately you don't know. Even in this situation, we can only speculate as to what his situation is. But now that's uh, – because really that's
2: the thematic idea behind this scene is you don't know. There's nothing to know other than the fact that this is a shitty, shitty situation right. for everybody involved.
1: What well, well, Catherine Bigelow is best – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well,
2: it doesn't uh, – going back to uh, talking about these scenes and how the, whole, the story as a whole connects to the theme if it does or not, this is – this is absolutely the strongest scene in the film on its own. You put it on its own two legs. I think it's this is, good. It's this a great is the ending, strongest yeah. scene in the film, but does it, my question is, does it connect back to the theme of war as a drug? And this, this character is addicted. We and see, I'm
1: thinking about it. I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. I, we see a little bit of growth with, with James. We see a little bit of growth and a little more compassion, but again, how does it connect to his idea of wanting to go back? And like, to me, the scene that connects more to the theme is, is obviously later on when he's home with his son, but this I think is just sort of like I think the I scene is the more suit, for Sanford, yeah. yeah. I think the scene is more for Sanford than it is for James in a lot of ways. Which goes back to what uh, Mike was saying during that the anniversary. This is Sanford's
2: show. film, yeah. Yeah, it is completely Sanford Sanford's film. That's the point,
0: even language barrier would be damned, that the guy in the suit is freaking out. When the one yeah. guy runs back and starts screaming to his buddies, yeah. That's the part where I that's the part where I take the guy's gun and just put it to my head and shoot myself. Like, just fuck it. Right. It's over. I'm done. I don't want to be a part of this moment anymore. Oh God. Well, this, no. You, oh, you do like what he does. This you just
3: is... you just start praying and wait for it to be oh, over.
1: God. This. I mean, this is what Bigelow does best. See, James Cameron did this scene and they still got out. <laughs> I know. Right? See, this is what <laughs> they found the keys, man. This is what Bigelow does. And no, notice the interpreters pulled his mask down. He doesn't even care anymore. The, the, this, this is what Bigelow is why does why best. The, this yeah. scene is why this movie won best picture. Good chance of it, or best director at least. Because yeah, Jesus Christ. And a throwback to the beginning here. Oh, nice yeah, little, yep. nice fast shutter on that one too. By the way, um, oh, Jesus Christ! Um, and you he think he's at it? Yeah, you don't see the blood. The blood is sort of the footprint in the sand, uh, in the snow with uh with Guy footprint Pierce. Footprint in the sand. I know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that totally what, was either. there blood? I'm, I'm yeah, yeah when that. Guy Pierce gets hit, like he, he basically you just see blood on the visor. Okay, I and that. And the fact that there isn't that kind of that kind of gives you. And the obviously now, but you kind of get that impression. Um, Catherine Bigelow really understands that what makes Iraq different, the Iraq war different, is that you never really knew where danger was or anything. Now we're, now see, that's, that's a great jump cut to establish that we're, that we're here. Um. I know. Sorry, it's just <laughs> sorry. <this laughs> one of those. I didn't do that to be a dick. I did that to be funny. My bad. this is this is well. I mean, you know, you only need the edge of your seat because a lot of times this movie just kind of grabs you by the nutsack. But this is what Catherine Bigelow really understood best is that is is that's where a lot of the tension comes from is is not knowing where or when or who danger is going to come from next, and she really kind of puts this. A&M. and there's really nothing oh, you
3: can do about it either you can, yeah it, it, th- there's You're really only there, it, there's really you can either there's really no good way to go you can either freak out about it like oh my god dangers everywhere like eldridge uh, yes or you can uh become completely um uh com- completely com-
1: complicit com- like
2: com- yeah compl- yes complacent complete
3: yeah. compla- complacency definitely sets in um but there isn't uh, the the middle road is very difficult there between going crazy and becoming complacent. And James is complacent. And
2: do we mean Sam complacent
1: or not. complicit? Like like he's res, like he's resigned himself to the to the insanity. Well, no,
3: in in terms of at least from my experience, it becomes like any other job in any right, other place right. in any other day, and you you're in you you literally are in danger every second of every day. You can either let that drive you crazy or you can choose to forget about it completely and just go on with your job
1: like hell is a perspective you know like this yes sucks. it's am- yeah. it's
3: amazing the the human mind's
2: ability to adapt to circumstances and and, 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 and well, consider
3: anything normal well and and what what really drives you nuts is uh, when you get home from that and you realize you know what it's really no different here I could I could be crossing the street and get hit by a bus today
2: right
1: yeah, yeah.
3: you know that it, it anything anything in any place and any time can kill you so you what, just what don't difference does it make you just don't out. think about it, you know. Yeah, you know, here we're sitting in a nice living room in a nice, you know, in a relatively nice part of town in a in a great in a yeah, great city, um, but uh, it's really no different than the, than being in Baghdad.
2: The ground could start shaking any yeah, instant, earthquake like, like
3: it did yeah. the other night. Yes, exactly. We it, the big one could hit right now. Moment, yeah. um, But he, the difference is here we don't think about it. Over there. It's you so can either choose to think about it or choose to completely ignore it, and right, right. The, the 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 key is to figure out that that sort of middle area, and I think that's where uh, I would say that's where Sandboard so, yeah, comes you, in.
1: He says you recognize that, don't you? You recognize that it's literally just a crapshoot that we have no control over it, and he says, "Yeah, I get that." Yeah,
3: and, and it's it, it, it's no different, and when he's you come okay home. with that. Yeah, he uh, and I think Jeremy
1: Renner has come to the
2: the self realization that okay, it's a crapshoot. I've made my peace with that. And it's Sanborn that I, I think just now in this scene has really come to the self-realization and obviously is not okay
3: with
1: that. And it's like, no, I want to go home and have a baby. I yeah, and, that's, you so and, I and, that's that, and that covers. was my
3: realization when I when I first finished my tour over there and my, my enlistment was coming to an end. I thought, you know what? I, I got all my fingers and toes. I, I just want to go home. I don't want to do this. I'm good. Anymore. Now, do you I'm guys good? think yeah, exactly. the movie
0: could work if it rolled credits now? Because we we're about to enter a whole new paradigm in the last five minutes.
1: It's funny you said that because it, I think it could, but like by the same token, I like the stuff. coming It's an up interesting too, yeah. shift, but I, yeah. I like it.
2: I could go either way. I think it would. I don't mind what comes after this, and I do think we could fade out right here or cut out right here, and. It's not because, like AI where the last—it's
1: it, not like AI where the last thirty minutes completely invalidates the movie for me and makes me want to stab everything in sight. Uh, it's not like that <laughs> where you know where he he gets like happy aliens to take care of him, even though he has no actual feelings. Um, They're robots. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but. It's 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 a nice epilogue I guess. If it is, it, a, it is it dipped, a big big it, jump. If it, right it here. dipped and said epilogue I'd be great, but I I love all of this stuff. It's a again another great short well, film. It certainly does. Like
0: this is a again like I said earlier, it's a first time viewing movie because this hits you like a ton of bricks the first time. Yeah. Where you just yeah. go well, I, well, my reading of it wasn't so much about the character, it was more like I think Catherine Bigelow is saying that I suck. Right. No, I, I, I think like, she's making fun of everyone else. I'll well, just like to point
3: out here that okay, she's done all the shopping. She's got all of the this the, the the stuff that, that, that you need. we might get that you know if you lived here. What does he got in? He's got his, like three things in his basket, I got some yeah. soda. You know, he's still we thinking done? yeah. he's still thinking in terms of stuff that he used to get when he was in Iraq. What you need to survive.
1: And and you're gonna say and the cereal thing just is awesome. It, I yeah. absolutely love the Cereal Where it's like he's just, he's so confused. And if you notice, the color's a little desatted down. And yeah. Also with and the I love the design, angle. The angle, and you get like the, just the, the, a little the, bit of Dutch angle. A little, to little it. bit of Dutch, but also the, the, the depth of field on it. You get like, and then just cut to this. And then this, you just, no, shot. The this is really good editing. This is like yeah. a good, a, a well cut scene. This is, a, this is a very tight story. There's not, these are the, not
3: the decisions I want to be
1: making. Right. There's not one way to describe it. Just grabs the first box in front of him and he's, he's done. I love all this stuff, but yeah, it's, it's very... And Evangeline Lilly, who in the little bit of time she gets here does some interesting work. She she plays a few things very subtly, a little bit of tension between them very subtly that you uh, that, that you can kind of fill in the gaps on. Um, but she... Uh, yeah, and all this stuff is interesting. I don't know what horrible part of the Northwest they're living in. Uh, but Where that happens? <laughs> yeah, this looks a lot like rural Washington right now, but... Uh, I'm
0: going to put something to you. I've had to clean gooders. I was about to say there's a parallel, and now I want to go a little bit further than that, but I don't want to say they're, generally speaking, the same movie, but there is an interesting relationship between the Hurt Locker and the Wrestler. In terms of the story, not in terms of the movie. That's
1: not. That's not. A, that's but not in terms of the story, that's not a bad description. As far as like these these men who live on the fringes and have to give. The, yeah. I mean, it casts a mean, big it little, ultimately
0: they make the same decision at the end of the movie, where it's like right. It's,
1: it's worth more to me to
0: do this and to take the take the chances.
1: There's not a lot of daylight between uh, James and uh, Bodhi Dharma from Point Break. Patrick Swayze's character. He has to live on the extreme. He has to live by Ooh, his own good comparison. Yeah, has, she's always very much attracted to these kind of characters that live and find very little on the fringes and find very little satisfaction in the in-between um and and you can tell he loves his son but like he says he has this very real very kind of powerful moment and that is a retardedly cute kid that is a kid who is just stupid with adorable um but uh he has this moment where he says he's being recklessly adorable he's, he's just uh, an, an inappropriate level of cuteness um, he's putting other lives at risk with that adorableness badge and gun baby you're a loose um, cannon kid I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh but that's the point is that she's kind of always been attracted to these stories even in strange days she's attracted to these characters who sort of live on their own terms and and find a bit of nobility in that you know and and have a transformative effect on the people around her or or, or around him like uh, keanu reeves's character some of his best acting actually in any movie in in point break when bodhidharma the criminal he's supposed to be chasing kind of changes his life you know um and with renner you kind of see that to a to a different effect with uh with private james here but I mean, there's not a lot of daylight between, I think, him and— uh, Sergeant James. Sergeant James. <clears throat> uh, there's uh, not a lot of daylight between Sergeant James and, and maybe Randy the Ram, like you said. And I don't think there's a lot of daylight between him and, and Patrick Swayze and, and Point Break. Um, it's it's really just the setting. And I think that's kind of like what she's—her her body of work is about, that it really doesn't matter what situation you're in. It's what you make of the situation and, and what you choose, you know, heaven or hell is in your own mind. It's just, you know, what you surround yourself with. And,
3: and here he is back in Iraq yep. where he's under you know, conditions that, well, maybe not ideal to us. Um, the only
1: place he really belongs, maybe.
3: And yeah, which is, it, it, it's a hard realization to come to.
1: Now, again, th- that begs the question, okay, we get that. That's a salient point to make. That is a an interesting story to tell. Did all the scenes leading up to here service, tell, that story. tell that story and yeah. service well? I'm not sure they do. vague smile on his face
2: just a look of i know where i belong boots on the ground
1: here. yeah Cross that yellow line It'd be and funny then, if he yeah. was on
2: pandora <laughs> it is it is very like i thought that like even watching
1: it i was like that that's very pandora-ish well kind i mean we there. should talk about that the fact that her and her ex-husband james cameron are good friends to this day he encouraged her to make this he visited the set she visited the set of uh, avatar they both saw early cuts they both had notes uh, they have a very friendly uh, relationship, and and I, and their styles are not terribly different. I mean,
0: as with um, most Oscar-winning best pictures, especially the right. more obscure ones, right? I find this to be a fucking excellent movie to have no one know anything about.
1: I would agree. I would agree. I mean, I, but I mean, once you put
0: it up to the the best picture thing, then it's sort of like, "So you want me to compare this to other best pictures?" Okay, right. it's not great. Like when I had no preconceived notions and literally. I was talking to film buffs that hadn't heard of The Hurt Locker like when it first came out and I'd seen it. People were like, oh, that sounds fucking cool. I should see that movie. Not, it's the best picture of the year. Right. Like when you put it under that scope, it changes a little bit. And in this case, I think that little change is enough for me to go, I'm glad it's not Avatar. I'm glad Avatar didn't win. But Hurt Locker... It's great. It's really good. It deserved a couple of performing per, uh, performance Oscars. It yeah. it probably probably yeah. I, I can see it deserving best director. Jeremy Renner. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it deserved the – she directed as the best, hell out of as it as best picture.
1: I'm right. not positive. Best screenplay certainly not. Um, and yeah, that, I like, agree with you that. You know, and and, yeah. uh, and um, for, you know, take that to take that further. I mean, you know, Drew McWeeny over at HitFix. Uh, he was Moriarty on Ain't It Cool for a number of years. Uh, he. He like when this movie first came out, he's like, this is a great film. You should go see it. But at the end of the year, when the end of the year, best of the year came out, he's like, not even in my top 10. It's like good movie. But I mean, there was way, way better done this year than than this film. And I kind of, I'm inclined to agree. I, I enjoy this movie. I'll watch it, and I'll, anytime it's on, I'll watch it. And I will again sit on the end of my seat. Bob, Mur- Bob Morosky and Chris Ennis. Chris Ennis was uh, Sam Raimi's. Uh, no, no, Morosky oh. is Sam Raimi's editor. Okay. Uh, Ennis uh, was an associate and assistant on a bunch of other movies, and okay. this was like his first big editorial job that he got. Right. And I think he probably needed a little bit of help, and you know, yeah. or or maybe it was the other. I think Morosky may have been first. But they gave a lot of work to Ennis. I'm trying to remember the order of how that happened. But well, for my part, the Hurt Locker,
0: like I just sort of summarized, represents a uh, a very very good movie to know when no one else knows about it, and a increasingly mediocre movie the more press it gets. Ultimately, very obviously, Catherine Bigelow is very good at this. Yes. she is fucking knocking things out of the park left and right. The you know how far the ball goes is one thing. Ultimately, The Hurt Locker is a great movie. I don't think it's a perfect movie by even a very loose definition of perfect movie, but very, very strong. I don't know if I would just sit down and watch it like fucking Eddie because I'm not fucking addicted to war,
1: man. I I love hate. What can I say? <laughs> oh.
0: But for my part, Hurt Locker is a it's a movie and I enjoy it. And yeah, I, I fortunately, I can walk away from it and go that was a movie, and not have to walk away from it going that was an experience part of my life. Uh ROTC reject Brian Finifter. <laughs> <laughs> Aww, we'll have to keep talking. Total about that. fucking
1: failure. Brian Finifter, <sighs> opinion, please,
2: if but, it matters. By the way, just to just to clarify, Air Force ROTC rejects. Oh, oh, oh man, oh uh, pr- As pretty far down on the total poll as you can get. I
1: got rejected from being a Coast Guard and, janitor. Ba- and basically
2: kicked out <laughs> from. Uh, <laughs> I wish had I had I do it... To- If I could do it over again, I would go with Coast Guard. Totally (laughs) would in a heartbeat. (laughs) Got Uh, kicked
1: off my Airsoft team. No, he just
0: likes running around with his shirt off.
1: I see. (laughs) see.
2: And I I don't blame him. Um, Anyway, uh, I think the the core situation at at the heart of this film is amazing, which is the the actual EOD, the actual physical act of these guys and the job that they have to do of... This horrible situation that diffusing the, the, the bombs tasks at play. Th- yeah, the, the task of diffusing the bombs, or even more horribly, diffusing trying to get that vest off the guy. And it's when the movie strays from those, that basic scenario and those basic circumstances where I think the film trips and stumbles. And this movie is best picture because it does such an amazing job in those instances where it's right. at that core scenario. But it. It's like a, I think I talked about this a little bit in the anniversary show. It's like, well, we, that's amazing, and you know, Mark Bowl and Catherine Bigelow both saw those those scenes or those situations. Went that would be the most amazing movie ever. But the Majesty King
0: Abdullah II of Jordan. Yeah, the yeah. film in, Jordan, you oh, the films in yep. Jordan. they like thank all of the fucking royalty from Jordan. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but so they so they saw that basic
2: scenario. Went that's that's an amazing movie. But we can't actually fill two hours with it. So we need to. Throw so in a little bit of Bourne and a little bit of a you know Schwarzenegger a Stallone movie in there, and that's where it it trips up on itself. Copyright two thousand eight, so it was two thousand eight. Well, I Eddie think it was Eddie filmed Eddie? in two thousand
1: eight and released this year. Yeah. Um, I you know like Brian, like Brian and I talked about before the movie, and like I've kind of said, I, I think it's an amazing collection of scenes, and and any one of these would be great, but it's the connective tissue. And you know when you're when you're writing, um, you have to have a good story, you have to have a good plot, you have to have good dialogue, you have to have all these things. But structure is incredibly important to screenwriting. I think. Uh, and, and editing as well and I think when it comes to this movie it's it's the connective tissue it's the sinew that's supposed to hold all these o- disparate elements together where if, if there is a failure of this movie that's where that's where it does again it does something so incredibly well and if this was just any other if this was stop loss you wouldn't care as much uh, a movie that tried to portray Iraq and and was less you know less successful and uh, especially with some of the other movies and or uh, um, that one with uh, Robert Redford and Tom Cruise that not really an Iraq war movie but a, a Iraqi war politic era movie a lot of movies failed and um this one succeeded in so many ways that those other films did um but by trying to shoehorn some set pieces in there that i think didn't necessarily belong and by not doing a good enough job um justifying them justifying them and balance and making that balance between lyrical and literal uh because it 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 pitch shifts so strong between lyrical and literal when you say set piece that almost makes me wonder if it was a note I don't think it was a no because they did this for so little money. <laughs> like, but they—I mean—and they even said in the special features of the movie, "We got to make the movie we want to make." These are the choices they made, and they stand by them. And clearly, they did all right for themselves. They won Best <laughs> Picture. But I think if you know, if it's a movie that prevents it from becoming a great movie, it's a thing that prevents it that from becoming a perfect movie. Is some of the choices that they decided to make when it comes to um, the, to, to tying everything together. So uh, I'm still a huge Catherine Bigelow fan. I wish she would work more because I want to see more from her all the time. Jeremy Renner, very happy he's in the limelight now. Um, a lot of these people, I'm very, all the people involved. I'm very happy they're working. I just wish they would have done this a little bit tighter or better. So. Matt Fedaveta.
3: Uh, well, for my part, uh, we, didn't re- we didn't get to talk to it too much, but it, watch it through. If, if you're actually watching it, watch it through again, and just bear in mind that that's, I mentioned it in the intro. Uh, that's what Iraq looks like, more or less, uh, particularly in the city areas. So uh, I want to c- commend them on that. And um, it, I'm not sure if I got to finish this point earlier, but the, the fact that we're in a point where y- you're constantly getting sent, if you're deciding to make this a career, you're constantly getting sent back um and to to be put into to a situation where you're constantly like for my part I, I didn't suffer from any um any particular form of post-traumatic stress you know the backfires don't bother me um, you, you know loud noises and, and nothing like that but um, what what I suffered from coming home was uh, the fact that okay I just lived in a place for over a year where at any given moment I could, Get shot or blown up, or like I knew guys who literally never left the base. They were mechanics, and they got they got shot by uh, what we call the celebratory fire. Uh, just you know, fire you know people firing up into the air. You know, it goes up, comes back down, it hits somebody. Um, and uh, for me, the the tough part about coming home was the fact that it's really not any safer here. You, you get uh, you know, I mean. Good lord! Driving on an L.A. freeway? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you're inviting death. <laughs> um, it, it's no different. Just because you're not getting shot at, and uh, it's just less obvious, and and you know, so you're you're still so you come home from that, and you're still making uh, sort of reckless decisions. Um, that you know, they're not okay. Well, I'm going to disarm this bomb without wearing a suit. It's well, I I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, so I'm going to spend you know three thousand dollars on this new computer. That sort of thing. Um, yeah, the living for the day is is great, but you still have to be kind of practical about it. Um, so, in terms of how I personally suffered from my experience, that's. You know. But um, in and so, in linking that to you know what we're we're talking about, it's very easy to see how someone can go through that experience, come home, realize that well, okay, the, the things I've went through. You you I can see how you can get addicted to that and need to go back because you no longer know how to function in you know quote-unquote the real world
2: well uh i I don't think we have actually said the words so i do want to make sure that we do say them to both of you guys and to anybody else who of of
1: our listeners that might have happened to have served thank you guys Uh, thank matt i i never saw combat i was i was in during one of the safest periods of my life matt was actually over there matt's one who deserves the thank you if anybody thanks matt matt seriously thank you and to everybody
2: else who, who has served in any capacity.
0: Well, now I have to follow that shit up with our pithy plug at the end. <laughs> is like the <laughs> scene where I go to the grocery that's store. That was very special down in front. Sorry. But I, back in the cereal it's aisle, done. this has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Go to iTunes, subscribe, get a brand episode every single week. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Go to Slash, Down in Front, or anything. We're probably there. Go to a Cafe Press, buy a shirt, go to our forums, register, and involve yourself in the discussion. Until next time, my name is T. Christie. Uh, Brian Finnexer. Eddie Dodo. A and this has been down in front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. Whoa? Mm-hmm. Uh? Uh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and to my devil dogs out there, rock. <laughs> and to my beatboxers, Eric. <laughs> TrendsinYourHead.com.